Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. It's a me, a man, a Garcia. Clip. Hey, man, good to see you, brother. Excitement time. Clamp down. Clamp down. Clamp down. Clamp down. Pirates going dancing, baby. They picked us last. They picked us last. And now we're going dancing. We're going dancing. How about those friggin' pirates? Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. All right, welcome in to a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here inside the Pirate Radio Studios, coming to you on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. You can find us on 1250, 930 online, PR927FM.com, and watch the show, be a part of the show on YouTube and Facebook Live. You can find us there if you have a question comment for our guests on today's program you can get it in on facebook live and on youtube give us a like while you're there do your good deed for the day we got a lot coming up on today's show we'll talk some baseball big night here in greenville with nc state rolling into town 5 30 first pitch we'll talk to mike mullis about that major league baseball the masters coming up i believe mully is going to put together some type of masters pool that we're going to be involved in after last year's debacle that I set up. So uh, Mully will be in charge this year. We'll talk a little Masters as well coming up in hour two. Ariel Epstein, formerly of WCTI 12. Now you can see her on MLB Network, NBA TV. She's doing big things in the gambling uh, portion of the sports world. And we'll talk to our old friend Ariel Epstein, talk some baseball, talk some tournament, and more coming up in the second hour. And former ECU tight end Bryce Williams will join us. Got the NFL draft approaching later on this month. Had Pro Day last week. So we'll talk some football and other things with Bryce Williams coming up later on in today's show. Shirley Rhodes is here, Chandler Honeycutt, Jenny Shelton, and to my left, uh, coach of your ECU men's basketball team, Mike Schwartz, joining us in studio. Coach Schwartz, great to see you. How you doing, sir? Doing great. Clip, great to see you guys. Happy to be back in here. And uh, yeah, just uh, appreciate all you guys did all year long uh, with, with with everything. It was a pleasure to speak with you guys before and after games, and uh, great to be back in the studio. And I want to recap your entire first season here, but the tournament is most fresh, so I guess we can start there. And UConn cutting down the nets, talked to you briefly before we went on, Coach. And I don't know, how would you describe this tournament? It was one of the wildest we've ever seen. So how about you being in basketball all these years? What transpired here during this NCAA tournament? Well, first I'd say this. You know, I think there's – a lot of different when your season ends as a as a coach whether you're head coach assistant coach there's some people that say i just can't watch it i just can't watch it because our season ended uh i'm the opposite i'm gonna be honest with you you know i love basketball everything about uh what i love is the is the ncaa tournament and so yes we want to be in it and i've had great experiences being a part of it even all the way to the final four uh but this tournament was outstanding watching the games from the first weekend the thursday friday saturday sunday all the way through to the sweet 16 round the close games just the it, it was a great tournament clip like as you and i talked about so i enjoyed every minute of it, it, it all the way through to the championship game last night seems like a lot of times it's either or you have either a, a dominant team that runs through it or you get just tons of upsets this year we had both the uh, uconn turned out to be that dominant team but we had a ton of upsets along the way coach a lot of people talking about tristan 
Justin Newton today, former Pirate, who transfers, goes on to win a championship with Connecticut. And I'm just curious about the timeline. Uh, did you have any interaction with Tristan, or was he gone before you were hired? How did that work no, out? No, I'm just going you know, to say, you know, I think you know, Clip, I'm a pretty transparent person. I almost tell it like it is. But num- number one, congratulations to Tristan, uh, to UConn, to Coach Hurley, because, I mean, they were the dominant team in this tournament, and the numbers showed it. I mean, that, I think they were actually one of the most dominant teams yeah. in the tournament, winning six games all by double digits. So um, that's first. Second of all, really excited. I was talking with R.J. Felton, Brandon Johnson today, some of the guys that were Tristan's teammates last year. And, you know, we had workouts this morning. And first thing I said to them this morning, man, really happy for Tristan. Really, you know, he really played a great game last night. And he stepped up. And I don't know if they win that game without him last night. So we were talking about that. But back to a year ago, right about right now, maybe a little bit more, about a year and two weeks now is where we're at in terms of me being in Greenville. Yeah. Here's the truth. When I got the job, we were getting ready for the NCAA tournament. I was at Tennessee, right. and we were getting ready to play Longwood and getting ready to, and we ended up playing Michigan in the second round. So I was fortunate enough to know that, you know, I had a chance to meet with the guys and talk to the guys via Zoom and make phone calls even before the NCAA tournament started this time last year. And so I think my press conference was on a Wednesday, and we played our first game on Thursday versus Longwood. So on Tuesday and Monday and Tuesday, I had a chance to speak with those guys, and Tristan was the first call, was one of the first calls. I shouldn't say the first, but one of. And and I'll tell everybody here, when I talked to Tristan, Tristan said to me on the phone, he said, Coach, I'm excited to meet you. I'm excited to meet the new coaching staff whenever you guys get here. But he was very forthright that, hey, my family has been fielding calls about transferring. This was well before this day that we were talking. That that was something that was in his, he was thinking yeah. about prior to everything even happening. So I ended up arriving in Greenville. We met with the team. He was a part of the team meeting. And right after the team meeting, he and I had a scheduled meeting person up in the office. And before we ever stepped on the court together, he decided he wanted to go into the transfer portal. So, you know, we did have a chance to meet one time face to face. We spoke many times on the phone, but I think it was something that was already in the works yeah. prior to us ever getting a chance to kind of hit the hardwood together. Yeah, I appreciate you being uh, completely honest with that. That's a it's a fascinating story and a story of how it goes across college basketball. The fact that you're coaching a team while taking over another team and you're you're dealing with your roster and thinking about your next I mean it's a whirlwind for for you guys for Tobin Anderson uh this year with Fairleigh Dickinson when you see uh Ed Cooley I mean just so many changes so many things you gotta you gotta keep your eye on it it's crazy for you guys right yeah it is and you know and it, it's an exciting time and you know it, we all know how to prioritize it it never one never took a right. backseat to the other but I would say this last year was the first year that uh name image like this NIL really began became a factor in college basketball. Mm-hmm. It was kind of out there. It was this cloud that nobody really knew what it was. But last year at this time, it started to take shape. And right now, a year later, I would say it's two, three times even more in terms of the just the magnitude that NIL holds in the transfer portal, particularly, not only recruiting. So we do know that I'm sure Tristan and any of the players that were transferring across the country last year at this time were on the front end of it, but it was a factor. And again, I appreciated Tristan, his family. I spoke with his family. They were really great people. Tristan is a great kid, but you know, they had a vision that had well superseded before I came to campus about what they thought they might be doing 
come the end of their season right talking to mike schwartz today here on pirate radio live coach a little more on the tournament and i'll tie it back into ecu basketball where we are today but your former team tennessee first of all going into the tournament outsiders like myself say okay who's hot who's going to make a run to the final four i had duke as one of those teams well they were smothered by the tennessee volunteers so then it becomes okay this tennessee team's for real they get beat by fau we see how good fau ends up doing how about fau in the final four and then you've got north texas uh uab in the nit championship and then they make it to the semis charlotte wins the cbi all these teams coming to the american so you're like you take a breath and say all right houston's leaving okay uh cincinnati ucf these schools you got all these great schools coming in so have you taken a look at what that new american's looking like with all these basketball schools coming in yeah absolutely you know again as we spoke before the show started that a lot of our time has been in terms of recruiting since the end of the season, uh, particularly with the departure, and I'm sure we'll speak about yeah. it, of Javon Small. But from the, from the standpoint of this league, this is going to be, again, a top seven, eight league in the country next year. Uh, from a metric standpoint with FAU coming into the league and UAB, North Texas, along, as you said, with Charlotte, Rice, and UTSA, from a metric standpoint, it could be every bit as strong as it was this year. Obviously, the juggernaut in, in, in the conference this year was Houston as the number one team in the country for most of the year. But all, all in all, when you had six teams and you had three of the last six teams playing in the country. You had the two teams in the NIT final, and one of the final four teams will all be representing the American Conference next year. Oh, absolutely, Clip. We know this is going to be a fantastic basketball league that's only going to continue to to get the momentum going forward for basketball as a whole at ECU, but in the AAC. Talking to Mike Schwartz today, and, and I do want to get into some of the personnel, but kind of big picture, Coach. Uh, first of all, the the positives year one. Uh, what, what do you feel like you accomplished? What were you very happy with, pleased with after your first year here at East Carolina overall? Well, I think the biggest thing and I on our segments that we had a chance to speak throughout the year, whether it was in here or you know, before games or whatever it may be, was the buy-in of these guys. And I just appreciate it so much going back to one year from right now, the guys that did come to that practice the next morning at 7 a.m. and they made it through the four weeks of spring training camp came back in summer summer training camp into the fall season and as we ended with our game versus Houston but the point being is the ultimate buy-in to hey this is the identity we want to have as a basketball program and clip it is nowhere near where it's going to be I will say that I think this year was a lot of learning what we do and how we have to do things. But the great thing is we have a core group of guys coming back that's already started. We've been working out for two weeks already that know what we do. And so you can continue and continue to keep getting better, how we do it, how well we execute, all the things that go into hopefully building a championship team and program. But so the buy-in from the guys on what we wanted the identity of our team to be, the way we practiced, I told the media before at the American Conference Tournament, if you had come to our practice the last day before we headed to uh, to the tournament, before we headed down for the tournament, you would have seen a team that you would have thought they were getting ready to compete for a national championship in practice. And th- that's what we wanted, to establish that. So very proud of that. And then there's other areas individually that obviously I'm sure we'll talk about yeah. individual players that really made strides and continue to improve as the season went on. As somebody who's followed ECU basketball for so long, we don't get a lot of these postseason tournament wins, Coach. And that win over a team that had got you twice in the regular season, South Florida, uh, that was awesome to see. And I wonder, 
I don't know if it carries over. I don't know if it means anything moving forward, but it felt like it was maybe a little cherry on top of a, a good first year for you and this team. That, that win felt really big. Did it feel like that to you when you were able to get that postseason win in the tournament? Well, going back to your last question, I would say this, that that one of the most exciting times of the year for this ball club was probably the last two to three weeks of the regular season and then into the conference tournament. And I say that for this reason. I think we were playing our best basketball at the end of the year. We were pretty thin. We were playing six guys, yeah. seven at most. But we, we, you know, we beat Cincinnati. We beat Tulane at home. Then we have to go on the road and play Tulane, and really are in that game, and really down to two minutes. It's a one possession game, and that game took a lot out of us. That that losing the game in New Orleans. Then we go to Orlando straight from New Orleans, and you know UCF hands it to us pretty good. I mean they shelled us pretty good that Sunday afternoon, and we come back for one day and head right to Fort Worth for the conference tournament. So with that being said, we think that in Dallas, Fort Worth. You know, Clip, I think we played three out of four really good halves of basketball. Yeah, definitely. We played, bat- we played two good halves versus USF and were able to win that game. And then in the first half of the Houston game, albeit not being pretty, it's 23-21 to 21 at halftime yeah. versus the number one team in the country. And then in the second half, about a seven-minute spurt, it gets away from us. We kind of chip it back down just a little bit, but it wasn't enough. So when, you, when we look at three of our last four regular season games and we look at two of our our last two games in the conference tournament. You know what, Chip? I, I don't know if it's the cherry on the Sunday in that way, but it is momentum that we hope to build on yeah. this spring, summer, and into next year. Yeah, and, uh, and Mike Schwartz may or may not have had nightmares about charge calls after that two-lane game, <laughs> but we won't get into officiating. We don't do that with coaches. Uh, Coach, let's, let's take a break. We'll come back, and I want to talk about some individuals. The the warrior that is R.J. Felton and his performance last year, uh, Luigi and Dave K, your, your seniors, and putting it all out there, and what it's going to look like next year. So we'll take a break. We'll come back, talk about some personnel from last season and moving forward with Coach Mike Schwartz, who joins us here. Got another 15 minutes or so with Coach when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this. to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back to the show. And Brown and Wood is your home of the best selection of GMC, Cadillac, Buick, and Mazda in eastern North Carolina since 1937. You can shop their entire inventory online at brownandwoodauto.com or you can visit them on Greenville Boulevard. Brown and Wood, Greenville's number one dealership and the home of the lifetime powertrain warranty. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, Mike Schwartz joining us here for another 10, 15 minutes or so as we kick off today's edition of Pirate Radio Live. We'll uh, got a couple of questions we'll get to from Facebook and YouTube. But, Coach, you mentioned that you, you love the buy-in from your team. And I remember going into the season opener last year saying, okay, you got these newcomers, you've got – uh, some players that were on last year's roster. You know, who's the guy? Who are the guys on this team? And from day one, it was the returners. It was uh, Javon Small. It was R.J. Felton. It was Brandon Johnson, who I looked it up. I think Brandon shot 
maybe 14 threes the year before you got here uh he hits like what three or four the first night and we're like who was this guy so credit to him credit to the coaches for expanding his game getting him better from year one to year two but i was very impressed with the way you were able to mix the newcomers with the returners this season and says a lot about you know rj brandon those guys to to take a it looked like a leadership role in the court and maybe even behind the scenes no 100 percent. and you know you talk about brandon brandon was three for 14 as a freshman from three and he makes 47 threes and as you said he made three to versus the first game versus mercer so uh yeah and it, it was the work that all those guys put in but i'll tell you this clip that when we got here and i've said this all year long that i just admire and respect that group of guys that stayed and put two feet in last spring at this time because it was no picnic walk in in terms of our spring workouts it was no picnic walk in terms of the vision that we said we want to have as we move forward and build this program and in, into what we see it potentially can be and what we're going to make it so bottom line is rj felton javon small brandon johnson luigi debo dave kasanganai and winston tabs who has decided to to continue his career at at, uh, morgan state those six guys i just get so much appreciation and respect for because they bought in and said hey coach we believe in you and this coaching staff and this system and not only are we going to do that it's what you said we're going to help lead these young guys these transfers that either haven't been in college before or if they have been in college and they're transferring here, they're coming into a new environment. So you almost had 16 freshmen. You had uh, three walk, Colin uh, McKenzie, Jack and North also. You had 16 freshmen, but those veteran guys, even though they hadn't been with us before, really did take that leadership role you're speaking of. And I want, we're pressed for time. I do want to mention uh, RJ. I, I don't recall seeing a guy who you're counting on a lot offensively but he goes, say, two for 11 one night, and you can't tell how he's playing offensively on the defensive end because he's locking up a guy, he's rebounding, he he just goes, I don't know if he has an off switch, Coach. And and down the stretch, I, how injured was he? And he was playing all those minutes and, and just busting his tail out there. And if that doesn't rub off on the other guys on the court, you know, something's wrong with him. He, he's just a pleasure to watch. He has those nights where he goes off offensively. I'm impressed with when he's struggling offensively and still is locked in in every other part of the game. R.J. Felton is a warrior. He's a warrior in every which way. Uh, and what we see and what, what everyone sees on TV or in Minji's Coliseum in the games, he does it every single day in practice. And that's what makes him special. He's also an incredible teammate. He cares about the guys in the locker next to him on his right and left more than he does himself in terms of making sure they feel good, making sure they're in a good place. He instills confidence in his teammates with what you said, the way he plays. And yes, there were many nights he got going on offense, and there were other nights that maybe the ball wasn't going in the hoop. But one thing RJ knew is as a coaching staff, we believed in him, his teammates believed in him, keep attacking, keep being aggressive. But it's what you said, he found other ways to impact the game on those nights where it wasn't going in the basket to the level he's capable of. He rebounded, he offensive rebounded, he defended, he brought energy. And when you talk about playing through being banged up, the way he, what he did playing through, fighting through fatigue, fighting through being banged up at the end of the year, 40-minute game, game after game after game, 
Jaden Walker at one point played 160 straight minutes, four straight games, 40 minutes. So all the guys just so proud of them and, and the toughness that they showed to be resilient when we were playing our best basketball late in the year. I want to give a shout-out to David Kay and to Luigi. As a coach, all you want is just the guys to give it everything they got, right? And those two certainly did for you, right? Just two of the most, as as greatest, and they won games for us. Yeah. David Kasang and I and Luigi Debo, if we don't have them in games, they, they were single-handedly affected wins this year. And that's a great tribute to any player. But as great of uh, impact as they made on the court I, from the very beginning real leaders real teammates incredible competitive spirit every day in practice and in the locker room and you know when we talked about after that last game and we you know obviously when we lost to Houston we knew you know our season has come to an end here quicker than we wanted it to we would have loved to have had a chance to play postseason or play another game and get to the semifinals of the AAC tournament but in that locker room, it was all about them and those two guys and what they have poured into this university, this program, and to this specific team over this past year. And we're going to miss them, but they are going to always be family. We know that. I wish we could keep them around for another few years, but they're both fantastic, fantastic people and really had great seasons. Definitely. Talking to Mike Schwartz here, um, I know you guys want to get to next season, but and we'll kind of transfer from this season to, to next season. Guy goes down or a guy leaves, in the case of Javon Small with the injury and now transferring out. Somebody's got to step up and then Jaden Walker was that guy. He became huge for this ECU Pirate basketball team down the stretch. Going to be uh, huge next year as well, Coach. But let's kind of talk about transitioning into the offseason, uh, what your numbers look like as far as scholarships and, and what you're looking at to bring in to improve this team with the guys you have coming back. Yeah, r- really excited first. We, we signed one player, an incoming player, Sierra Malanga, a seven-foot center from Kentucky that he signed in the fall. So we're really excited about him coming to campus this June. He had a really good high school senior year and he's going to bring, you know, he's young, he's a freshman, but he's going to bring us a lot of length athleticism, defense and rebounding. He can really run the floor. So we're very excited about him and and his development once he gets to campus. You know, we do have a few open scholarships right now, as you referred to with Javon deciding to go into the transfer portal. And, you know, just in a general statement, what we really need to add to this team right now is we need to add a little bit of guard depth. It's what we talked about. You don't want guys to have to play 40 minutes every night, let alone multiple players play 40 minutes each night. You know, we we had a couple, there was games where RJ played 40 and Jaden played 40. Jaden Walker started the season starting for us at the four. We were playing small ball <laughs> offense. He yeah. was at the four. By the end of the year, he's playing 40 minutes at the point guard. So incredible respect for what he did and, and just being able to grab that position and give us everything he had at it. But we got to continue to bring depth into that backcourt. And then we have to add some size up front. I mean, bottom, you lose Luigi. You got to go, and we got to continue to help add size for Valentino Pinedo, who's had a good spring so far. Ezra Osar, who will be back. So excited about Ezra and his development late in the season, particularly. But he really came along all of conference play. He just became a force to deal with, particularly the last month of conference playing into the conference tournament. And then you talk about Brandon Johnson and what he did, stretching the floor inside yeah. and out. But we do got to add another piece inside, you know, some real size to help us replace Luigi as well. Real 
quick on Ezra, and I, I guess I jinxed him earlier in the year. I remember early in the season saying, man, he's got a pretty free throw stroke. And he struggled at the line, seemed to get better maybe towards the end of the year. But is he a guy that, like Brandon, could maybe get further from the basket this offseason, work on that mid-range, that outside shot? What you know, what do you see from him from freshman to sophomore improving upon? You just hit it right on the head, and that's 100%. I mean, Ezra is going to grow in a lot of different ways. And he kept growing as the season went this year. There was a point where he wasn't shooting the ball in December and January and come February he was really feeling comfortable shooting that mid-range shot and he was he was shooting his free throws at a higher percentage yeah. but that being said without a doubt Ezra Osar when he comes back next year you will see an improved shooter you will see someone that feels very confident stepping out whether it's all the way out behind the arc or mid-range comfortably either one is in play but he will work on that a lot and he's excited about it and as a coaching staff we're excited to do that with him and you know once we get to that point, though, he will. I don't know if it'll be the same improvement Brandon had because I wasn't here when Brandon was a freshman. But I know that Ezra will continue to improve. But one thing Ezra showed, which was really big for us late in the season clip, was his ability to rebound the basketball and lead the break. And anytime you can have a forward at 6'8", 240, rebound the basketball, push the ball, and make decisions, uh, that, that's, a great, that's a great talent. And we're really proud of Ezra, how he grew in that way. His ability to get from the top of the key to the rim uh, in the, the split second is, is unbelievable. Put in that spin move, too. He, he was fantastic. He's got, a, he's got an unbelievably quick first step. Yeah. And, and I think early in the year, <clears throat> I brought this up, that people would be surprised at how good of a ball handler he is. And, and he showed yeah. that, and he'll only get better with decisions and passing. Got a couple questions about schedules. Um, who, who, when's the opener? Who's the opener? And uh, and John asking, have we uh, have you started to finalize the out of conference schedule? Any ideas on that? Any well, uh, right? We, you know, we're still in the kind of the early stages. Here's what happened with this. Um, you know, we do have South Carolina is coming into Minji's yeah. Coliseum in the non conference. We do have UNC Wilmington coming into Minji's Coliseum for the next two years. So we are on the books for two years with Wilmington to come to Greenville and. South Carolina will be in Greenville next year also. With the remaining games, a lot of it is predicated on what multi-team tournament we go to. This year, we went to the Florida Hoop Showcase down in Fort Myers area. Went I down golf there. Toledo. Big yep. win. Toledo and Arlington, we won and we lost by four to Indiana State. But, so... That event, because it's an event that sometimes takes three or four days, we have to schedule games around that quite a bit. The volleyball for ECU volleyball schedule has just been finalized, so now that allows us to know what nights we have in the non-conference in Minji's. But we will have a home opener at home on the first night. I believe we don't have an opponent yet, but I believe that's November 6th is the opening of the season next year. I'd have to confirm that, but we'll be able to be at home for our home opener this year. And then we are just in the midst of... Of different negotiations on other games, um, you know, kind of some insight into scheduling. Here's what's happened. Since this portal is so fluid, teams are adding pieces, losing pieces. Every day right now, scheduling has almost taken a small back seat because all coaches and programs want to know who's the roster look like. Yeah. You might schedule a game on April 1st and on April 15th or May 1st, the roster looks totally different for the team that you just agreed to play. So I do think scheduling will really, the bulk of it will happen May and after that outside of the games we've already scheduled. And just to clarify, you you, you will or you think you will be in another 
uh, preseason tournament? I do. Last? Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. Right. You know, I gotcha. do. You know, I, I would say this, and maybe as we talk, Clip, you can let me know the feedback you get from from the fans around and the listeners is that we have toyed with the idea of hosting one here in Greenville. You know, maybe a Pirate Classic, an EC, you know, an ECU uh, Classic type event where yeah. we bring four teams in, and maybe the week before Thanksgiving or around then you got a, a four team tournament here, and us being one of them. So uh, you let me know what the feedback is on that because that's something maybe we can look into too. Because as many games as we can get in Minji's, here's the goal. The way it felt in there when Houston came in, Man. We, we want every game to feel like that, and I think we can build that here. It doesn't take many to get that place loud. That was obviously a special night, but uh, some fun home basketball games last year. Looking forward to it later on this calendar year. Uh, question from, uh, let's see, Jamil. How do you approach a new season knowing if you have a great season the year before with a player that – there is a decent chance you will lose them to a school by transfer. <laughs> kind of hit on this during the break a little bit. I mean, it's it's part of it, but I mean, is that something you, you can't think about it, or are you thinking about it? I don't know. What do you? Well, you, you know what? I'm going to say this uh, to Jamil and, and to everybody that maybe that's happened a few times in the fa- in the past. I know it has, and you know, I know Jaden Gardner was a fan favorite here, and he ended up at Virginia. And obviously, we talked about Tristan a little bit early on in the show. Uh, you know, but here's the goal that ECU is a special place. And I know myself and our coaching staff, we bleed purple and gold. And there's no other place we would rather be. We know what we're going to build here. And yeah, is it a reality of college basketball now? Obviously, there's over a thousand kids in the portal today and it's been open for like two weeks. And you see guys leaving. I mean, the starting two guard from Houston went in the portal. I mean, they're the number one team in the country and they just made a run in the tournament. Uh, a starting Hunter Dickerson, a Dickinson, Hunter one of, Dickinson yeah. goes in. L.J. Cryer from Baylor. So you got kids that are in situations that from the outside in, you would say these are incredible situations. Right. So, yes, it is a part of it. And we dealt with it with Javon for whatever reason. But that being said, the whole thing is instead of worrying about that, we're going to continue to build where this place where – ECU student-athletes, they don't want to go anywhere because they know we have everything we need here, the administration, the resources, the facilities, the fans, the university, the community, and the overall college experience. And you know what? The winning experience that this is where they want to be while they're in college and graduate from ECU. And that's how we're going to keep moving forward with it. Uh, a couple more minutes, Coach. We'll let you run. Uh, Newton Roberts are, are on board with uh, a home tournament. And it's easy to say what Newton and Robert and everybody's got to do is, is show up, bring a friend. Let's get some people packed in Minji's. That'd be cool to have a, a preseason tournament there. Christian asking, who are we looking at in the portal? And then he names a specific guy. You, you kind of hit, generally speaking, want some guard depth and uh, some height, some size. Can you speak on names, or are you keeping it general? Coach? Well, I, w- I wish I could. If yeah. it was up to me, you guys know, Clip. I'll, we'll talk <laughs> about it all. I got no problem I don't want you to get in trouble. I just, yeah, you can. NCAA rules and, and recruiting rules don't allow you to speak about anybody that hasn't signed or, you know, is is already signed with the university. We, we obviously have a commitment from a player that's coming out of high school, and we're super excited about He's a, He's a local, yeah. you know, local product out of Goldsboro, but we can't talk about him. But we can talk about Sear because yeah. he's already signed. But we can't really talk about the portal. But I can say this to the listeners that we are actively recruiting in the portal and and we're in a lot of great conversations and there's a lot of great interest, uh, including upcoming visits to campus. And coach, uh, I don't know how directly involved you can be with NIL and things like that, but what 
where is east carolina right now where do we need to be are we on the right track when it comes to that stuff what are your your feelings on that well i think there's been great growth uh with the collective with the boneyard collective i think coaches involvement i don't think i know is very minimal when it comes to this i mean this is a collective that's an outside entity of the university but i do know this and this is i can absolutely say this the 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 pirate nation Greenville as a community, you know, supporters of ECU and this university, anything they can do, every little bit helps with the Boneyard Collective. And, you know, whatever our collective ends up being at or where it is now, I don't know those exact numbers, but I knew I know there are some just outlandish collectives that are in our conference and across the country. And it's just what college athletics has become. Like it or not, it is what college athletics is at the moment in the in under the present blueprint that that is given to us and so we should aspire for that boneyard collective because it's a great group of people that support our student athletes and that's a very live part of college athletics now that if that boneyard collective can grow and grow and grow and continue to support the student athletes of ecu it's only going to benefit men's basketball women's basketball football every sport on campus and speaking of uh, we'll let you run but women's basketball and i know now next year you want to see your name on selection sunday uh but to see kim mcneil and east carolina go to the big dance win their conference tournament you just hope that kind of and i asked uh let's see i asked the softball coach about this shane winkler like can that trickle on to other sports you hope it can but but how awesome was that to see coach mcneil's team uh, it was incredible and you're so happy for coach mcneil their players their staff you know i mean it's ECU basketball. It's, yeah. it's it, you know so you it's an ECU basketball and so when you see what the what the women did and to win the conference championship and to do it in such a great conference of women's basketball and to play in the NCAA tournament, yeah, uh, it's a what's that saying they say? Clip, you know, when when the tide rises, all boats you know lift yeah. up, and, and that that's what they did for this university. No different than what Coach Houston did with football, what Coach Godwin is doing with baseball. You know, so many great coaches coaches and student athletes here in all sports and it was fantastic to watch the women i know we were on the road we were in dallas in our tournament yeah and we were getting ready to play houston the next day and we were as a team watching it as we had just done our scouting report and we put it on the projector in the room as our guys were taking care of their bodies and we were watching it and then on selection show i know some of our players particularly rj felton went to the selection show when they got back so uh just so much respect for them and their program and happy for them and uh you know what i think they're going to come back and they're going to be right in position to do it again next year yeah cool to see by the way rj ezra some other guys supporting the women's team of their games too that's really cool to see absolutely coach uh thanks for hanging out with us today any final words for the pirate nation before we let you get out of here Uh, just uh, so much appreciate i've said this a few times uh just the welcome welcoming feeling that they gave myself my family uh this team this program and you know Believe me, Pirate Nation, we wanted to be playing last night. We did, and you know, and we we had 16 wins this year, and we wanted every single one of them. Any of those games that weren't wins, we want them to be wins. But we're going that direction. But I just appreciate so much the atmosphere in Minji's, the support they gave our student athletes, the support they gave me, and. This is going to be a championship great program, and and just so happy to be here and thankful for this first year. Coach, thanks so much for joining us today. Have a, a fantastic offseason. We'll keep in touch and talk with you again soon. Thanks, Clip. All right, there he is, Mike Schwartz, joining us to kick off today's edition of Pirate Radio Live. We'll take a timeout, come back, more to go when we return after this. Fear it's 
You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Are you in outside sales and looking for an opportunity to increase your earning potential? Well, Coffee Pro has been in Eastern North Carolina for over 45 years and continues to grow each year, and they are in need of more sales professionals with a desire to potentially make a six-figure income. Do you have what it takes? Visit copypro.net today to submit your resume and to learn more. Now, let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. Thanks to Mike Schwartz for hanging out with us the first 40 minutes or so of the show today. I could have asked another three hours worth of questions, but had to let them run. So hopefully we can catch up with them later on again this offseason. But he is working to replenish this roster and also get these guys who are on the roster better. And that is uh, that's an exciting idea when you think about Felton and Johnson and particularly Ezra, and the leap they can make. We saw the leap that Brandon Johnson made. Uh, We saw the leap that Javon Small made. Uh, Unfortunately, he will not be a part of the team moving forward. But what can Ezra Ozar do next year that maybe he couldn't do this year? He's going to move away from the basket and improve that uh, mid-range to outside shot and hopefully that free throw stroke, which again is pretty just doesn't go in all the time but man Ezra was fun to watch in year one looking forward to what he can do in year two and we're going to have some uh, newcomers to get excited about as well all right uh championship last night uh i've got a confession to make like uh usher had confessions and Foo fighters i've got a confession to make. uh dave Grohl had a confession to make of course uh i think all that talk with ellerby about the game being late and ellerby sleeping and not watching the game and all that i don't know if that subconsciously drifted into my brain but i went home um cooked a hearty meal had uh hamburger patties seasoned to perfection cut up some potatoes cooked them up threw some gravy on them and just a man's meat and potatoes meal they got the belly feeling right so now we're at about quarter to eight eight o'clock i'm like all right still got an hour plus to go before this championship what do i do to kill some time oh i'll turn on monday night raw it's the night after wrestlemania that's usually a good show it was not a good show uh so i turned that on to fill the gap between uh then in the championship and next thing i know i wake up and it is like 9 40 so i turned the tv over to the championship game uconn's already up six or eight early in the game i go right back to sleep i wake up again san diego state had just cut it to six with seven minutes left and then i half watched half slept through the remainder of the game i was asleep before one shining moment i'm I'm embarrassed with myself because i don't think i've ever done that before but that's exactly what happened last night i slept through just about all of the championship game i have a confession to make as well oh look at usher dave grohl over there i did not actually you watched some of it i watched none <laughs> we our sports cards are in jeopardy i watched none and but i'll I tell you what i did exactly like you did 
I ate dinner, and you talked about a buffalo chicken sandwich yesterday from AJ's. Yeah. Well, I went and got me one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Went to AJ's, got me one, and uh, got back around 8.30 or so. And Still got it. an hour to go before yes, the game. I know. And I ate it, and then after that, I folded some clothes because I had some clothes sitting in the dryer for so long, and my roommates are literally about to kill me. So I folded all those clothes, and I just kind of laid down. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I, that that that's where I messed up. I laid down and uh, I was out. And when I woke up, I checked. Uh, let me see. Let me check the score. And at that time, I want to say UConn was up 14 or so. And I said, Nah, I'm not. I'm not even gonna watch it. All right. And oh, I, for two. Yeah. Shirley, can you save this sports talk radio show? Can't say that I can. Oh my God. <laughs> And I'll tell you why. We are a joke. Okay, so we have, of course, we carried the game right here on Pirate Radio. And I remember... And we're not uh, even watching it. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Or Uh, listening to it. Well, here's what happened. What had happened was, um, I had it in my head that, you know, of course, our coverage began at 7.30. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, okay, 7.30, so that'll put the game either at 8 o'clock or 8.30. Maybe 8.20. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So I didn't get home until probably about uh, a little after 8 o'clock. So I thought, okay, well, um, I fed my dogs, and I went and I sat down, and I looked, and it was like 8.15. So I was thinking, okay, well, the game should be on by now or pretty close to tip-off. Wrong. I was completely wrong. Wrong. As soon as I saw that tip-off was not until after nine o'clock, I was like, "Yeah, not watching it." I, yeah. I, because at that at nine o'clock, I start, you know, uh, doing my my nightly routine to head to bed. So uh, I was like, "I can't, I can't stay up that late." I was like, "You wow. know what?" And and I actually woke up around three a.m because my dog decided he needed to go out and i grabbed my phone while i was waiting on him and i'm looking at the phone and it said that uconn had won and i was like okay well we have a national champion and then i saw the score i was like well i didn't miss much i'm heading back to bed it doesn't happen often but that is a um it's a sneaky it's like a fun feel you know how you have fun watching scary movies you like to be scared sometimes oh, yeah, you yeah, like yeah, that yeah. excitement that's scary if you have like a bet or fantasy or if it's your team and you somehow miss it you go to sleep and you have to wake up in the middle of the night and check the score mm-hmm. and i always do it like i always scroll like really slow kind of one eye open like oh god what's gonna it's all i love that anticipation it's scary but it's fun it, it's kind of it's it's kind of a sports version of fomo fear of missing out and i missed know, out yeah we all missed out like we are like, we are if phonies it, if it was like you remember several years back when duke played butler and butler had that last minute heave gordon that, hayward yeah and it almost went in yep. if that had gone in that would have been an epic finish to a national championship game and you know all of us would have been just beside ourselves that we missed it but this one eh, didn't, I'm okay. I, we didn't miss much didn't you're miss right much. you're right about that so I knew UConn had won. I didn't know what the actual score was, but that's seventy six fifty nine. Yeah, but I, I found it out here in the studio this morning when I came in and and I saw on the screen uh, they were talking about it on first take or whatever show it was on ESPN, and I I literally just was like, well, I'm not upset that I missed it. I mean, it just yeah. You know. And your leading scorer was a former pirate. Yes, Tristan Newton. 
Double double, 19 points, 10 rebounds, and he was the Yukon's UCon, leading scorer. And he was averaging, what, 10 points a game? And he just went off. Yeah. Uh, it was it was cool to see i like tristan good dude so uh congratulations to him but yeah we uh i don't know i feel like i watched every game in the tournament but the championship i saw a tweet from will compton former nfl player does some stuff with uh barstool now but he said let me get it right because uh, instead of paraphrasing i can just read it right um he had a thought that i certainly agreed with and that thought was the NCAA tournament is like a bachelor party. Here you go. March Madness has to be the only tournament that gets less interesting the longer it goes. It's like a bachelor party. The energy is off the charts on day one. But by the end of the weekend, you're ready to get it over with. <laughs> I, I agree with that. That is true. Because I'd much... It more enjoy the first two days that thursday friday than the final four and uh, i do get less interested in it uh the longer it goes on so well i think it was more take. i i think it was it's great theater when you see all of these especially when you have as many upsets as we saw this year in the first and second rounds of the tournament and then you see teams like florida atlantic and creighton and princeton and um san diego state uh you know those teams making a deep run even miami i mean a lot of people counted miami out early in the tournament and uh seeing teams that make a, a deep run that makes it interesting to me when i see teams like that make a run but the more you saw uconn play the more it became kind of inevitable 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 there you go that um that they were going to win it all steamrolled everybody yeah Just i mean it was super not even close and another thing too about you know the the tournament being for some folks less interesting and exciting as the tournament goes on as, as a sports fan especially as a basketball fan in an ncaa tournament fan those those first few games are exciting because one there's so many games on to enjoy and as, as the tournament goes on, it's less and less games. You and want if more you, basketball. If you have a standalone game and it's not good, yes. you don't have any backup. other options. There's you no don't backup. have a backup plan. All right. Oh, well, tonight I can watch the six versus uh, yeah. the 11th seed or whatever. Well, yeah, because yeah. if you have a team, if you got a two teams that are, you know, got a team that's blowing out another team, they'll cut away from that game and go to another game. So it keeps your, your attention because you're now you're seeing some you know a different game it might be a little bit closer but as you move like you said as you move further into the tournament you know if it's a blowout you're just kind of bored all right before we take a break um let's go back to what i said yesterday regarding this caitlin clark angel what's her name angel Angel reese Reese. angel reese stuff i said i'm not not getting involved not interested for two reasons one i don't watch women's basketball i watch ecu women's basketball and that is all two i enjoy trash talking so i don't care when caitlin clark does it i don't care when angel reese does it i don't care when angel hernandez reese's pieces whatever trash talk makes it fun makes it entertaining i also said i think caitlin clark's okay she did it first she didn't seem to be upset about it during the game she didn't go fight she didn't go cry she didn't say hey don't be mean she's a big girl she's okay with it 
and i said maybe i'm wrong on that well today we got some some confirmation one way or the other when caitlin clark was on espn and was asked about it here's caitlin clark yeah you know i don't think angel should be criticized at all um you know no matter which way it goes um you know she should never be criticized for what she did um you know i'm just one that competes and she competed so um I think everybody knew there was going to be a little trash talk in the entire tournament. It's not just me and Angel. So, um, you know, I don't think she should be criticized. Like I said, um, LSU deserves it. They played so well. And like I said, I'm a big fan of hers. All right. Very nice. Case closed. We can move on. I know everybody likes to make every single thing about themselves. But as far as Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark go, uh, they're okay with it all. Should you be as well? probably but i know that you're gonna keep talking about it beef is squashed uh uh, angel reese uh i don't know if it was her instagram post or if it was a twitter post but she put out something that i thought was very interesting but at the same time was very true she said look i grew up in in maryland where when you play basketball in the backyard on the court whether it's inside outside you you know when you play you talk trash and it's like she's like don't make it She's like, just because I'm female doesn't make it any different. I grew up in Winterville, and my dad would say, get that out of the nets for me. Face. Oh, yeah. And then, so I did that with my friends, and, like, it's so much fun. That makes it more fun for me, talking junk, talking trash, and it makes it enjoyable. I mean, and if you take it personal, then that's on you. Yeah, exactly. it's, it's like this old saying goes, that's where my problem ends and yours begins. Caitlin Clark does not ye- need you defending her. She is just fine. And and, and the thing great. is, is that what you're seeing with these college basketball players, especially with the players like Angel Reese and Aaliyah Boston and, uh, and Caitlin Clark, you're seeing the future of the WNBA. These girls will play in the WNBA and they're going to be so much fun to watch because then they're going to develop into re- you know they're really good ball players now but there's still room for improvement which is scary when you see how well they played in college I probably won't see them play another game in my life I know but you, you will I will and people that enjoy it will and that's great um I just move along to the next thing you can get outraged about uh, by the way, the uh, was it just Jill Biden or both Bidens won't? Um, it was Jill Biden. Both that said teams it. at the White House. The president said Caitlin no. Clark just LSU. Said, That's, uh, no, I'm not doing that either. That's stupid as well. I don't know if I think, and and just going back, I'm not sure. I can't speak for Jill Biden because I don't. Know, I can't read her mind. But I'm wondering if she kind of messed up there. She didn't mean both the teams to come to the White House at the same time um but you know of course there is that anniversary of title nine so you might want to i don't know it it didn't seem like it was intentional it might have been just a you know she kind of messed it up but the you know the president's office says it's lsu and lsu only yeah so they clarified that but i and i just think because she did make a mention about um, with the uh, anniversary of title nine and all that stuff she did mention that so i'm wondering if maybe she had one thought in her mind and typed out another and it just kind of came out completely wrong i think we can all now move on to the next thing we're all outraged about nationally on social media i think this one's about done i mean are you gonna spend your whole life worrying about other things yes what else would i do with my life 
I'm just saying. I mean, some people talk get, to my family, make lasting, real relationships with people. Well, some people, some, <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> I'd rather bitch about stuff online. Thank you. I mean, just some people get their undershorts in a bunch over some <laughs> silly things. So, all right, let's take a break. When we return, the Mully Man will join us. Hopefully, he's got some type of master's pool plan for us. We'll talk some pirate baseball. By the way, ECU unveiling what jerseys they will wear coming up at 5.30 when they take on NC State. Pinstripes. Going with the stripes. Oh, classic. Good look on a Tuesday. I was, I, no, I was kind of hoping for a color rush game. I was hoping for... <laughs> Pajama fest? I was yeah. so hoping for Who can go to it. sleep the first? Lavender versus all reds. Break out your PJs. This is, this is a Thursday night football color rush. Surely I've seen pinstripe pajamas before. Oh, yeah, I have a pair. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. Hour two, Pirate Radio Live after this. Clock strikes upon the hour, and the sun begins to fade. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Well, keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. Uh, we got Molly on the phone real quick. Jonathan Fields has a tidbit and a question. Which one do you want first? question question if the matchup would have been say alabama versus kansas do you think you guys would have been more apt to stay awake and watch no me no here's how i would have stayed awake to watch ecu in the championship i would have stayed awake to watch texas gonzaga or ucla in the championship because i had futures on them none of those four teams were in it so i wasn't that interested i would venture to say even though Alabama. I had picked Alabama to win. If you had um, maybe bracket implications or yes. something, yeah. If there okay. was bracket impl- implications, like in our in our bracket pool, I could have won myself a tiebreakers card. So um, I might would have stayed up for that. Chandler, Alabama, Kansas. Would you have been into it? I think I would have made a better effort of trying to stay up to at least watch tip off. Fair enough. Not interested in Bama nor really Kansas. Um, Jonathan also says his tidbit, ECU State sold out per ECU Baseball Twitter. They uh, tweeted that out about eight minutes ago. So it's oh, sell out okay. at Clark LeClaire. We'll talk about that and more right now with the Mully Man. Mike Mullis joins us on the Pirate Radio Live line. How you doing, Mully? Good, Clipper. How are you, buddy? Good. We went 0 for 3 as far as watching the championship game last night, Mully. So we are a phony sports talk radio station. Uh, did you watch it at all last night? Uh, I did catch a little bit of it, but I uh, would have to join the rank of being not overly engaged. Yeah, uh, it's kind of. And I, again, I read Will Compton's tweet earlier, former NFL player, but he said the uh, NCAA tournament 
one of the only events where it gets less interesting the longer it goes on he compared it to a bachelor party where the energy is so hype uh for the first couple of days and then by the end of it you're ready to go home i thought that was a pretty good analogy yeah especially this one i mean it was i mean it was just such a foregone conclusion that you know it was going to take nothing short of a miracle for san diego state to have a fighting chance and you know i so I guess the, the the only thing that was any interest to me is what Tristan Newton did, and you know, obviously wake up and see that on highlights, and so that was good. But I, uh, no, I, I, and I told you I've been a little bit disengaged with this one for a while. It just, um, it it was kind of chaotic, but I, I it wasn't chaos that really uh, captured my interest. Molly, I want to talk baseball with you, but I want to talk Masters with you. And um, uh, are you the commission? Do you have any kind of Masters pool uh, for us to take part in today? I do. I, it will not. It will not be at the at, currently. I will have to bring it by tomorrow. It's, okay. I am hosting a very special guest in town today, uh, and he was very enthusiastic about getting out to the ballpark. A big baseball fan, so. We are actually sitting out at Clark Claire and it, 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 I will tell you, there's there's a little excitement out here. It's it's cool, and of course, we kind of get used to it, but it's a new experience for him. So, uh, not that he took precedence over you guys, but he took precedence over you guys. Fair enough. That's fine. I, I look, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I know I'm not the main event, and especially in your life, Mully, but I'm uh, I'm part of the event. And and by the way, I gave you a lot of. Uh, props yesterday you made my sunday with dale it was almost more like a sunday with mully for me um you, you uh you made that day entertaining for me How, how'd you enjoy the the dale festivities i think you, you summed up at one point hey we got to just watch a, a big leaguer an mvp scarf down some tiebreakers homemade chips that was pretty cool right i tell you what he put he housed those chips <laughs> he he seemed very excited when he looked he goes oh homemade chips so uh no it was good man i thought it was a great event um Per the standard for for the pirate radio events, uh, you know, LRB's to be commended for thinking about this one and bringing them in. And it were a, I think the biggest thing, dude, there were a lot of smiling faces for people that got a chance to meet a childhood hero, and that's always a cool thing. And you know, you, it, I made a mention to you one time. I tell you, Dell, I think we figured out Dell's sixty eight at this point, uh, but he still has the big league swagger when he's walking around the room. You can you can tell even if you didn't know he was a baseball player. Uh, you would assume that he was something, uh, I say important, but he was he, he had done something more than, you know, more than nothing with his life. Yeah, uh, and, and all the stories were true. He is a genuine guy. He, he was awesome. He, you're right, Molly. It was cool to see dads uh, kind of introduce their sons to one of their baseball heroes. And then the, the kids had probably no clue who he was. They were getting autographs, pictures, but there was a lot of smiling dads. I know that much uh, at that event. Uh, moms as well. Talking to Mully on the Pirate Radio Live line. Uh, so back to ECU, Mully. A one and three week last week. And I said yesterday, uh, it seems like the pollsters are more confident and, and upbeat about this baseball team than some of the Pirate fans are right now. Fans really upset after a one and three week, uh, which they should be. That's not the standard of ECU baseball, but the Pirates didn't drop that much in the polls. Still number 12 in D1, 15 in Baseball America, but need to start uh, winning some games here, starting with this one against the uh, the pack from Raleigh. Yeah, I don't think the pollsters are ever going to be as knee-jerk as the fan base of any pirate team, you know. So, I mean, when things are going good, we're going to the natty. If things are going bad, it's the end of the world. And 
people that, that are paid to observe uh, these sports realize that there's a lot that goes into deciding, you know, what their opinion is. So, hey, look, I, I know there's been some um, some talk or maybe panic buttons pressed as it relates to the pitching staff, but they gave up, I think, a grand total of 14 runs in three games. Maybe it was 15, but that, you know, that's that's pitching it well enough to win. So I, I don't think it's, uh, again, I don't think there's any, any need to panic. I, I'd like to see us a little better approach-wise at the plate, and I know Cliff's still juggling the lineup, and, and you know, I, I think a lot of people were surprised at looking at some of the lineups, especially with, you know, cutting him in the leadoff spot uh, this past weekend. So, yeah, I mean, it's, look, we've been here before. If you look back to where the program was this time last year, uh, we're in a much better spot uh, right this second. Uh, again, we've talked about it. The conference is favorable for the taking. It's, uh, you know, it's one that, that, that we should have a lot of success in. Uh, but there is a lot of uh, a lot of importance on these midweek games from an RPI standpoint, and and maybe from those you know good win type situations. So uh, yeah, I, I, back back to your original statement. I you know fans are fans, and fans are, that's short for fanatics. So I you know I think we understand kind of. Uh, out of the mentality molly how about yesterday so we usually have the delcor players lounge on mondays we're planning to talk to josh gross on wednesday and hopefully uh, some of his teammates but uh monday is usually an off day they chose to practice yesterday and and we're sports talk radio we can maybe speculate as to why that is and could be because they have not been good during the midweek so maybe they wanted a monday practice before a tuesday game could be because they were coming off a losing week could be just because of the way the schedule sets up this week where they play thursday friday saturday instead of friday saturday sunday so i don't know do you want to get into the speculation game why they uh practiced yesterday molly well i mean i think you probably checked a lot of boxes there and i'm sure a lot of those things figure in and I feel sure that uh, Cliff has wanted to practice on other Mondays, but there is, uh, you know, the, the NCAA does dictate some of these things about number of practice days. Uh, I think what allowed the Monday practice is the way the schedule shapes up uh, with the, you know, with them having Sunday off. So I, I don't, I, I, again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't read too much into it, but I do think that, uh, that I don't think it's a coincidence that we've had struggles on Tuesdays coming off of off days on Monday. Kind of think about, you know, kind of think about when you're off on Sunday, right? Like getting your day started on Monday is a little tougher or if you're, you know, coming off of a vacation day. So, you know, maybe there's something to that. And, and, you know, we'll, we'll, I I have all ideas that, you know, Pirates go out and play great tonight and then the whole world's going to say, well, we need to be practicing every Monday. (laughs) That's just not, uh, that's just not necessarily how things work. And Cliff has to manage practices within the, the, the framework of what the NCAA will allow. Talking to Molly on the Pirate Radio live line. We'll have a lineup for you and uh, let you know what that is when it comes out. Uh, should be within the next 15 to 20 minutes or so as the Pirates take on NC State. Packed house at Clark LeClaire. You can watch it on ESPNU. Molly, um, Shirley, do you have the highlight? So this is from last night and uh, I, I saved this from Molly. Big KBO guy. But there was a so was it a Korean player that hit the walk-off home run for San Diego? Yes, it was. I'm gonna try to pronounce his name, Ha Song Kim. Okay, uh, walk-off job. Yep. To send the Padres to victory over the Diamondbacks, um, and we have the Korean call of that home run. Let's hear that, Shirley. 
이게 탔죠. 자 리도프 히터나 마찬가지 어떻게 든 살아나가는 것도 중요합니다. 김하성의 끝내기! 김하성 야구 메이저리그 진출한 이래 최고의 순간입니다. All right, hope you got all that, Molly. So this is like game four, game five of the regular season. Walk-off home run. Sounds like game seven of the World Series, but love the enthusiasm there and uh, love the excitement on game five of 162. Well, I don't know why anybody would be surprised. Kim was the marquee pickup for the Padres. Uh, and, you know, the last few years, he's the biggest thing that they signed, uh, at least out of Korea. So, uh, you know, I think, uh, yeah, good for him and good for his uh, homeland. We got, I guess, uh, some shorter games, Mully. Any, anything stand out to you this first week of Major League Baseball with the new rules or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, some of it's been a little, you know, again, kind of what we thought. There's, It's almost been made fun of. But I've got, you know, obviously old school friends that are even more old school than I am, and they are the supreme cynics, and they're going, well, sure, I'm glad we saved 21 minutes. Game. <laughs> I, you know, I, that's kind of been the takeaway. Yeah. You know, kind of kind of interesting watching Zach Greinke shake himself off because he hit the wrong button and just seeing the different way that these guys are managing pitch calm and you know the older guys choosing to call their games but uh we've got guys that are memorizing you see them kind of relaying i mean it's look it's just another uh it's just something else for people to talk about as it relates to whether you like it or don't like it and it's it's funny it's it's for it to be a 21 minute change and something that really doesn't seem like a huge factor it's very polarizing in the baseball world yeah uh, you know, it, it's it's to get off my lawn kind of deal. Man, that throwover to first rule came into play the first game of the season, basically. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. got the first hit of the season for the Braves. He's on first. Patrick Corbin throws over twice. Next pitch, Acuna steals. Foul ball. Next pitch, Acuna steals. He's safe at second because if Corbin throws over again, he's got to get him. So, I don't know. Maybe that rule right there kind of insignificant could lead to a lot of, of what you want well you want more action on the field right that rule is going to lead to some action if these pitchers decide to actually throw over to first yeah no i and i read an article trey turner uh obviously you know a great base dealer and yeah. a super fast guy and one of the you know of course the phillies just paid him a ton of money and you know he made a point that i really hadn't thought of not having been a base dealer myself i he said you know yeah we he he felt like he could really take advantage of this rule over the course of the season, but he's like, you know, the wear and tear on the body trying to steal bases over 162 games, probably not the best use of the money that the Phillies spent to pay Trey Turner. Hmm. So, you know, I, I hadn't even thought about that, but, you, you mean, you got to think it is a it is a high risk of injury play that only – circumstantially or situationally has a ton of value, right? I mean, if you're, you know, if it's a tight ball game and you run a score position, if Trey Turner gets to second base, he's going to score almost anything. Acuna, I mean, lots of big leaguers. So, I mean, I, I see it there, but I don't see it being something that, um, I, 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 it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. I can see where if I'm Ricky Henderson and somebody breaks the single, single season stolen base record, 
I want to asterisk beside it because he, they obviously have a huge advantage that he never dreamt of. Well, Ricky, nobody's better than Ricky, according to Ricky, anyway. So, asterisk or not, no, there's no Ricky. He's the great. He's the greatest. He's the only Ricky because he's Ricky. Uh, Mully, uh, I guess we're going to do our Masters pool off the air, so we'll see you tomorrow. But give us a um, give us a Mully pick, maybe a long shot, maybe a favorite. Uh, what's going to happen in Augusta this weekend? I like, you know, I, and I think I told you guys, I, I, I'm a female guy, so I like female to be around. He makes a lot of birdies. If he can just stay out of big trouble, I like uh, I like Scheffler to repeat. I, what I'm more interested in is to see where the pairings are after the cut. I, I think we're all winners if the golf gods decide to give us uh, maybe Patrick Reed and Rory McIlroy in the same group. That could turn into a, uh, a full-out wrestling match. So the the pairings for the first round came out today, and I hadn't had a chance to look at them, just heard somebody talking about them. But Interesting. So, yeah, Liv and PGA guys being – I haven't even thought about that. I'll have to look into that, Molly. That's a good point. You got eight. You got eighteen livers, and I think it's eighteen. Uh, but they did a, a pretty good job, and obviously Augusta doesn't want this tournament tournament to be about anything other than the tournament, right? It's Augusta. Yeah. Uh, but they did a pretty good job in these initial pairings of keeping the more vocal live versus PGA guys, keeping them in separate corners. So. Look, I would love to just be on the range. I mean, there's got to be palpable tension. I just it, it's. Hey, it makes wrestling. It makes wrestling have a similarity with golf. And I mean, who thought we'd ever say that? Molly, thanks for joining us, man. Enjoy the baseball today, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see you around here soon. Okay, buddy. The Molly man, Mike Mullis, joining us on the Pirate Radio Live Line, and uh, do we have tee times or just pairings? Because I want to see. Uh, I want to give a Herald update if we got it. And I will uh, look into that right now. Tee times announced for rounds one and two of the Masters. And I'll see if I can find Harold Varner III. I can. 12-12 p.m. It'll be Sepp Straka. Straka? How do you say his name, Chandler? Straka. Um, He's actually hit a um, hole-in-one during one of his practice rounds this week already sip all right yep. you got kyung hoon lee and harold varner the third teeing off at 12 12 right before phil will tee off so there you go uh coming up on thursday we will keep an eye on that on the buccaneer music hall leaderboard presented by dubbuck dubbuck all right let's take a time out when we return the prop queen ariel epstein will join us on the show you may remember Ariel for her time here in WCTI uh, land covering sports. She is now seen on MLB Network, NBA TV, all over the internet, talking gambling, talking props. We will talk to her about the tournament, baseball, and more when we return on Pirate Radio Live. Ariel Epstein joins us after this. You back your pride, you take control. You move into my heart and mean to my soul, get out of my way. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. 
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back from sales to service. Greenville Auto World has all of your vehicle needs covered. Shop all of their inventory now at greenvilleautoworld.net. If you're also looking for someone to service your vehicle, Greenville Auto World has a full service and repair facility. They do brakes, oil changes, tires, inspections, and they can repair any kind of vehicle. Greenville Auto World, across from Speedway at Bells Fork and online at greenvilleautoworld.net. Thanks to Tim Sutton for his sponsorship of the program. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Flip. All right, back with you on Pirate Radio Live. I always appreciated how Montel Jordan promoted safe driving back uh, all those years ago. The designated driver. Never took the keys to my truck. That's right. Uh, so great message there. Of course. The all right. Uh, we appreciate Mike Schwartz joining us as well as Molly. We got Bryce Williams coming up in hour number three. But right now, we will hear from the prop queen, Ariel Epstein. Who uh, last time I saw Ariel was hanging out at Sup Dogs with Tristan Newton? That's weird, but uh, Ariel is involved in everything these days. Uh, MLB TV, NBA, uh, MLB Network, NBA TV, formerly of WCTI 12, and uh, we'll talk about what she's up to now and what's going on as she joins us on the Pirate Radio Live Line. Ariel, hello, how you doing, ma'am? What's up, Cliff Rock? I'm super pumped. It was a uh, it was pretty cool last night to see Tristan Newton cut down the nets for the Connecticut Huskies. Last time I, I guess last time Ariel was here, or last time I hung out with her was at Sub Dogs, and we saw Tristan Newton there after uh, the Pirates had won a basketball game, and his cousin Packers running back Aaron Jones was in town, and we were like, "Hey, we need to we need to get a photo op here. We need a picture." So we all got our pictures taken together, and Ariel, you nor I knew that. Not only would Tristan Newton transfer away from East Carolina, but he'd win a national championship the following season. Crazy how it all works out, right? What are the odds of that? <laughs> like a 25 to 1, 200 to 1 that Tristan Newton would be a national champion one year later? I say that this is just our luck that ran, that rubbed off on him. Could be. I guess our luck is gone, but his, we gave it all to Tristan Newton. My luck's definitely gone because I bet against UConn the entire tournament. So uh, that was not good. Yeah, not good at all. Like, oh. <laughs> uh, but, man, it, it was cool to see. Tristan's a good guy. And uh, I know a lot of – some Pirate fans, once you're gone, you're gone. They'll never root for you again. I was, I was rooting for Tristan. I'm glad to see uh, him go out a champion. I say go out a champion. I guess he could win another one uh, there with UConn but Ariel how about this tournament from a gambling perspective I know you're in uh to baseball and and what's going on there but uh how much did you dabble in the NCAA tournament it was a wild one this year I had no choice but to dabble in it especially because my good friend over at Barstool Kelly in Vegas she's a diehard K-State fan she had me go to both the K-State games at MSG yeah no not against my will at all it was actually black <laughs> that K-State uh, we had a blast doing that, especially on Thursday. Then I had a bunch of friends who were really high on Miami. They were high on UConn. They had a bunch of futures on both of them. One of my friends, his name is Chris Thurston. He does the Hustle show on Wager Talk with Kelly. Chris was really in on UConn. So was my friend Adam. So I rode UConn with them yesterday. They pretty much said the exact thing that happened. 
San Diego State was able San Diego State goes on these dry runs where offensively they just don't score for five minutes. You can't do that against a team like UConn. They will take advantage and that's exactly what they did when SDSU couldn't score. Laid the seven, then now it's nine of the last eleven NCAA tournament finals have gone under the total going into the game. It was eight and two to the under. The under uh, has was a play that was uh, very dominant in NCAA finals. Yeah, and dominant in this tournament, especially the first weekend and maybe some overs started coming in after that. But uh, kind of the theme to the tournament was unders. UConn was one of those teams that definitely could score. But I, I remember that Arkansas game. I had the uh, I took the under in that one, and Arkansas did their part because they didn't do anything. But UConn uh, uh, just boat raced them as they did pretty much everybody in this tournament. So that was a lot of fun. And yeah, I did see you uh, with Kelly in Vegas. So you got to see what one K state win and then Marquise Noel and the boys uh, lost the second one, right? They lost the second game. Uh, and that was to FAU. Yeah. Kelly went from being one of the happiest people on the planet on Thursday to not being able to get out of New York fast enough. <laughs> night. There you go. Uh, get uh, out of Manhattan to the uh, the old Manhattan. So she she was a grad, correct, Ariel? So uh, yeah, you were you were pulling for. Uh, She's a K State grad. Yeah. The funniest was that her aunt Helen came to visit from Manhattan, Kansas, and Helen is I think in her seventies. She kept running around New York City where she's never been before, telling every Uber driver, every taxi driver, every worker that she's from Manhattan. Kansas. She loved it. That's, that was her line the whole week. It was Love great. it. Yeah, that's great. Talking to Ariel Epstein, who I have trouble keeping up with. I follow Ariel and everything she does, but you um, you do so much, Ariel. Give us uh, give us your resume. What are you up to currently right now? I do a baseball podcast with Points Bet Sportsbook for the baseball season. It's called Basis Juice. Then I go to MLB Network. 4 p.m. Eastern time is our show, Off Base. It's with Lauren Gardner, Xavier Scruggs, and then we have a rotating former player that comes around with us. It's a blast. Baseball season's fun. I do NBA TV Wednesday nights as well. Um, so it's definitely a lot of running around all over the place. I love it, though. It's what I do for a hobby anyway. If you love what I do, you never work a day in your life. I just never feel like I'm working. I just am never sleeping. That is awesome, and uh, you have carved out a niche for yourself and uh, and now are a name in the, the gambling space, and that's so cool, Ariel. And, and it seems like we're getting – I don't know how much you follow it. We're getting closer and closer, hopefully, to getting sports betting legal here in the state of North Carolina, which could bring around uh, a lot of new opportunities. That, that would be awesome if that is to happen. I send Stephen Igo and sometimes Malcolm. I send them like a screenshot of the odds of any ECU athletic event. <laughs> I go, hey guys, just letting you know I'm thinking of you. I'll send you some clips. You have to be able to bet on your team. Come on. Yeah. It's it, too, though. Usually you can't bet on the teams within your state, but I think that's something North Carolina was trying to figure out because college sports is just so big in North Carolina. Whereas in a state like New York and New Jersey, we can't really bet our teams. The only time that that's an issue was March Madness for New York, New Jersey. I very rarely am going to have my day ruined if I can't bet on Syracuse basketball. I don't care if I can't bet on Rutgers if I'm in New Jersey until March Madness happens. Then I care. In North Carolina, not being able to bet on college teams, I mean, that that's going to be tough because North Carolina, to me, especially there on the eastern, the eastern coast of it, 
way more college centric than you really are pro. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Something they would have to uh, to work out. Hopefully, can work out if it had, uh, indeed does become legal to bet uh, on sports here in the state of North Carolina. We're talking to Ariel Epstein. Ariel, um, and I don't want to pigeonhole you, but uh, your your K props have been phenomenal over the years, and you do a lot a lot of other things. I'm curious though, Ariel, with the how how's the pitch clock or any of the other rules? And it's a very small sample size here early, but have you seen numbers go up, down? Is it the same? Any any change with that with the new rules in baseball? Really haven't seen much. You're only getting an average of point eight violations a game. It's really not that high. Of course, pitchers have the most violations of any of the positions. I haven't seen it affect the strikeout props too much. I haven't even seen it really affect the games too much. I thought that there would be a chance we'd see something like what happened at spring training where Max Scherzer, the Mets starter, he got all annoyed because of a pitch clock violation then gave up a home run the next the next pitch and things started to implode from there for him. We haven't seen that too much yet. seems like these players in the season, they're very level-headed. They are dealing with the rules. I just haven't really had any reason to change the ways I bet because of this new pitch clock. If anything, I do think it's helped the game and we have seen it. It's decreased the playing time by about a half hour in each game, which is great. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, talking to Ariel Epstein, her Yankees in action tonight on TBS against the Phillies. So I'm a Yankees fan these next couple of days, and I was yesterday. As uh, it'd be great to see the Phillies not win a game the entire season. That'd be a, uh, I think that'd be a record, uh, Ariel, if they go 0 and 162. There actually is a good stat about that with the Phillies, and now I have to find it. Um, so I'm going to stall a little bit until <laughs> I find it for you. Because there, it's very rare that you see a situation like this with Philadelphia where they are a National League champion and then going into the next season without a win. So they're looking to avoid becoming the first tenant winner to start the following season with five consecutive losses. It has actually never happened. Wow. Okay. Interesting. And uh, looking at it tonight, the Yankees are a favorite over the Phillies, and you can watch that one on TBS. My Braves in action against the Cardinals. Atlanta off to a 3-1 and one start. And uh, Ariel, we always try to tie in ECU things to everything. How about Alec Burleson, who's been hit number two in the lineup a couple of days ago? He had a home run, two doubles. Had a No, he had at least one hit last night against the Braves. But pretty cool to see a, a pirate in the bigs. And uh, got a ton of pirates that you probably covered around here at WCTI 12 that are in the minor leagues right now working their way up. It's really cool to watch. I love seeing that there are players like Alec Burleson, who has gotten off to such a great start this year. Even a local like Mackenzie Gore, I covered one of his last high school games, and now he's pitching for the Nationals. Um, And then you also have players like Gavin Williams, who are coming through the system, or Bryant Packard. And it's just really fun to know that within these last five, six years, that I'm going to get to cover and see some of these players at the major league level within the next couple of seasons. So, and working at MLB network too, I wonder if they would remember me and one day our lives cross paths where I have to do an interview and say, Hey guys, so uh, how's life been playing at Clark LeClaire? <laughs> yeah. You've got the, uh, the local t- You're a New Yorker with a, uh, I don't know, at least partial <laughs> residency here in Eastern North Carolina, right? Everyone thinks that I went to ECU. It's, it's crazy that people don't even realize that I went 
to Syracuse University <laughs> and was not an ECU alum, but I guess I'm just an honorary member at this point. No doubt an honorary pirate. Ariel Epstein joining us today on the program. Ariel, when you uh, go through your K-props, your hits, props, home runs, whatever you do, do you – is it is it completely day to day, or do you have guys that you'll just ride uh, as long as they you know win for you? Yeah, how does it work for you? Oh no, it is mostly completely day to day. For example, I like to look at fishy lines. I call them. It's reverse line movement where you see the line move in favor of one side, but the public setting the other. That's exactly what we're seeing today in a game with the Guardians and Athletics. No one wants to bet the athletics. I never would normally bet the athletics, especially because Cleveland has Shane Bieber on their mound, one of their best pitchers. However, the line moved 10 cents in favor of Oakland last night, despite 90% of action coming in on Cleveland. Why is the line moving against that road favorite? Well, I dove a little deeper, and J.P. Sears, he is not so bad. He's got an ERA just above a three. Um, these batters don't really know him that well. He's been on and off hurt. And even though Shane Beaver has done really well uh, in his home state of California, 236 ERA through four career starts, that's why I'm riding with the first five under in this spot of three and a half runs. I'm still too nervous to bet a team like Oakland. I'll just say that a team, because of the line movement and the very little amount of bets, I mean, not even 10% of action is coming in on Oakland. And if the line's moving that much in favor of them with barely any action, some respected money is coming in on the athletics. Someone knows something. I'm going to go and take the under of the first five innings in that spot. But again, a team like Oakland's not a team I would bet day to day. Yeah, and uh, you're kind of getting in the weeds here with Ariel Epstein, but that's how you win. And and you said first five there for people that don't understand that. And I'm looking at what you did last night. Orioles' first five money line was a winner for you. You had Pirates' first five plus uh, half a run. That was a winner for you. And I noticed uh, Charlie Morton under the Ks was a winner. So first five, you're 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 going basically first half of the game. And because beyond that, you don't know what pitchers are going to be in, bullpen, things like that. So uh, is that why you do a first five? Why do you do a first five rather than a complete nine innings? Five for starters, especially because we don't have a lot of numbers yet on bullpen. Starters are going to go every five days, and we have numbers from 2022 that can help back up a starting pitcher. Bullpens, they've changed throughout the offseason. You don't know who's available, who's not yet. That, when we get closer to the like end of this month, I may start to do some more full games. However, when you bet full games in gambling, now that there's a ghost runner, you very rarely can bet unders. You almost just have to bet overs on the full game and unders in the first five. If you get a game that goes to extras, and we saw it happen once last year, where the game was 2-2, pretty sure the total was nine. I forget who was playing. I just remember giving this out on my MLB show. The total was nine. It was 2-2. Two to two. The game goes to extra innings. They scored so many runs in extra innings that it went over the total. Yeah. Ghost Runner is just killing any full game unders. So that's why... First five innings, you take the unders. If you want full game, you can go over. I just am trying to wait it out to see how the bullpens are, and in a couple of weeks, we'll have a better idea of whose bullpens are good and who are bad. Ariel Epstein joining us. First MLB game today is at four ten. I looked at Wednesday's schedule to see what we could have on the TV at AJ's for sports trivia. There's only one night game coming up Wednesday, seven forty. Oh. Blue Jays Royals. Everything else is in the afternoon. There's a ton of afternoon games. So, Ariel, uh, for for your fans and for yourself, you're going to have to get out your picks uh, early on Wednesday. 
And tomorrow is Passover, too, so it's our Jewish holiday where I'm going to at least have to be at dinner with the family on Wednesday night, which is good. This <laughs> game's then. That's great for me that I could get some action in in the afternoon and not worry about it during family dinner. One thing to keep in mind for people betting on any kind of day game is that there is a real thing between those day-night splits. There are certain pitchers that pitch extra well in the day, and there are some that pitch terribly in the day. You've got to look at those home road splits. You've got to look at those day-night splits. They really do matter sometimes. It's why I tend to stay away from some of these day games because unless you've got these big numbers, like today you Darvish, he's on the mound, I'm staying away solely because I don't know how many innings he's going off the WBC, didn't pitch enough, and their manager, Bob Melvin, said they, they're concerned about that. However, typically I would bet Darvish at home in a day game. He's actually really good in day games at home. There are just certain spots where you can take advantage or you just stay away because day-night splits do matter, especially with that sun, too, sometimes. Ariel, do you have any uh, futures out or any any teams you like this year uh, that you're watching throughout the season? Oh, heck, yeah. Let's start with the one that's probably closer-ish to you guys of any of the other teams, the Orioles, to make the playoffs at plus 370. I love them to make it to the playoffs this year. They've got so much young talent. The Orioles have eight top 100 prospects, which is the most in the most in Major League Baseball. They had one of the top 10 rotations and top 10, well, team ERAs last year when playing at home. So they do have that edge at home. The Orioles also, because of the, there's going to be less division games this year because they're making everybody play each other at least yeah. once. The Orioles don't have to play one of the toughest divisions in baseball as much as they have used to against teams like the Yankees and the Blue Jays and the Rays and. I guess the Red Sox, even though anyone wants to play them right now. However, you're going to play more games against both central divisions. That's going to help this young Orioles team. I like them to make the playoffs at plus 370, so $100 bet makes you $370. My World Series team right now, I've got one in each league. I like the Padres, but they're pretty public. They're just This is their time to shine. This is the time that the Padres, with their loaded lineup, they get back Fernando Tatis Jr. in a couple of weeks off his PED suspension. They've got great pitching, such as Hugh Darvish and Blake Snell and Joe Musgrove. Um, so I like San Diego. This is It just feels like their year. Tampa Bay, really nice payout. I got them 25-1 to 1 to win the World Series. They're a team people are sleeping on. Tampa's gone off to a hot start so far this season. The race pitching rotation is one of the best in baseball. They are going to get back Tyler Glass now up in oblique strain two, which is just going to make them that much better. They're a top five team ERA unit. In addition to having some pretty good bats, and they're getting healthier. Last year, injuries were really tough for them. I like the race to win the World Series. It's a great payout, 25 to 1. And you just hope that one of the teams at least makes it to the AL or NLCS. Yeah. And then you find a way to hedge out. There you go. So Rays, Padres, and uh, O's making the playoffs as well. You can catch O's baseball right here on Pirate Radio. Ariel, before we let you go, um, we talked to Jeff Nadeau uh, from Barstool every week here on the show. I know he is going to transition from college hoops right into NFL draft props, which uh, he likes to hit every year. That's coming up at the end of this month. Looking forward to that. You've also got the Masters coming up this week. So how about you, Ariel? How, How much away from baseball will you go here with the Masters coming up? I guess Stanley Cup playoffs, NBA playoffs, and NFL draft. Are you going to uh, put a little bit into everything or kind of focus here on just one thing? I focus mostly on baseball. Maybe I'll dabble in some NFL draft. I tend to get a few sharp plays from some sharp groups that I'll end up going in on. My advice for the NFL draft, 
you have to start looking at it as soon as the markets come out. Try betting it within two to three weeks before the draft. If you wait for the day of the draft to start betting it, all the good numbers are so far gone. I can't even tell you how upset I was last year that I wasn't on my game for betting the NFL draft. By the time I got to the day of, every number moved. Yeah. I had some action already. By the time I got to the day of the draft, it was a disaster. I lost, like Draft positions, which is, I don't know for anyone that doesn't know it, but draft position is uh, a player to go over under the six and a half pick in the draft. Those were moving by two, three picks by the, day, by the time that we hit the day of. You just got to get in early on the action, and usually you'll be able to get a really good number and be ahead of the curve. Ariel Epstein joining us. So much to talk about, but so little time. So uh, follow Ariel on Twitter. On uh, what other social platforms do you want folks to follow you on, Ariel? Instagram, Ariel Twitter, at Ariel Epstein. And I guess TikTok, but I hate that app. So Twitter and Instagram are good. <laughs> and you can catch her on uh, MLB uh, Network. Also, M- you said NBA TV as well. Uh, so you are everywhere doing it big. We're proud of you, Ariel. Uh, awesome stuff. Keep up the good work. And uh, we'll check in with you again later on this baseball season and uh, talk more baseball with you. Awesome. And you can check out Basis Juice on Points Bet Sportsbook. We're on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. You can check out the podcast with all my baseball picks each day and some great interviews. Awesome stuff. Ariel, thanks so much. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Cliff. Ariel Epstein joining us on a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We got an ECU baseball lineup, a new leadoff hitter at the top. We'll let Chandler Honeycutt run down that lineup when we return on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests uh, that can make you a winner. Be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. You can join the over 62,000 followers today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Alrighty. One more segment to go here in hour number two of today's show. Bryce Williams. Uh, I hadn't talked to Bryce in a while. Wasn't with us last week. Will join us today. I think I've got, I don't know if this is a game, more of some uh, music trivia for Bryce, Shirley, and Chandler coming up later on in hour number three. Also, we'll be following ECU baseball starting at 530 as they take on NC State on ESPNU. And Chandler Honeycutt has that ECU lineup. We told you earlier in the show, the Pirates will don the pinstripes today at home against the pack. Chandler, let's get that lineup. The starting lineups for your ECU Pirates. Leading off with the Pirates. What? Not good. For your ECU Pirates. Batting first. Who? The left fielder. Who? Number four. Lane Hoover. 
Now you see what I was doing? Batting second, the right fielder, number three, Jacob Jenkins Cowart. Batting third, the first baseman, number 66, Josh Moreland. Batting fourth, the second baseman, number 10, Jacob Starling. Batting fifth, the designated hitter, number 25, Luke Nowak. Batting sixth, the third baseman, number 99, Alec Makarevich. Batting seventh, the center fielder, number 17, Carter Cunningham. Batting eighth, the catcher, number nine, Ryan McChrystal. And batting ninth, the shortstop, number eight, Joey Barini. And on the mound for your Pirates, number 27, the true freshman, Zach Root. Root getting the start today. Hoove moving up to leadoff. So Cliff Godwin still tinkering with that lineup. How many? So who have we seen at leadoff so far this season? Uh, McChrystal, Hoover, JC, Carter, Carter Cunningham, Starman. Ever been Starman, up there? Starman, I think maybe. Um, there's somebody out there that was really weird. Uh, well, did, we, R- did Riley Johnson lead off one day? I don't know. We got at least four folks yeah. at home. If there are more, let us know. But we got JC McChrystal Cunningham Hoove. But in the leadoff spot for ECU. JC has been playing uh, quite a bit of center field this year. He is now in right field tonight. Uh, Carter Cunningham going to be playing center. Um, and then, let's see, the, the designated hitter is going to be Luke Nowak. So, Riley Johnson, who played center field uh, some over the weekend in Houston, uh, he's not in the lineup tonight. So, uh, it looks like my the outfield is a little... Uh, has been tweaked a little bit too with uh, Cunningham in center field. Yeah, I'm looking for the right ingredients uh, to lead to a pirate victory tonight against State. State. Gary Hahn joining us. Gary, uh, your thoughts on the pack? 20 wins so far this season. Kind of a, I believe, a slow start, but seem to be playing well of late. Well, amongst all the. Whoa, hold on, Gary. Gary. Well, to be honest Not, with you, Clip. Yeah. Uh, I really don't care about NC State baseball. Oh, okay. I just care about football, and I care about basketball, and that's about it. All right. Uh, sad to see Turquavion leave and go to the NBA. Baby T, and uh, really enjoyed him in the red, white, the red and white this year uh, in the past couple of years, but he is going to the NBA, so good luck to Baby T. Red, white, and the team really blew it in the tournament. <laughs> hey, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the case age joke of the day. <laughs> Uh, who's State got non-conference in football this year? <laughs> Let's see. Let's get out of Tony. NC State football schedule 2023. What do they got in the non-con? Oh, buddy. Looks like they are going to ramp it up the degree of difficulty and play at UConn to start it. Mm-hmm. I think UConn was in a bowl last year, though, right? At UConn. That's a weird game for them to play. Notre Dame. Then they got VMI coming to town. My goodness. So UConn, VMI, Marshall. Their the Thunder other, and Herd. The Herd. Their, their other non-conference game. So, uh, okay. Just curious who you guys are playing. Thanks for joining us, Gary. Can I leave now? Oh, yeah. All right. Thank you. Get on out of here. There is Gary Hunt. Touchdown State! <laughs> I play voice of the pack. All right. Let's take a break. When we return, Hour 3, Pirate Radio Live, we will make you a winner and be joined by Bryce Williams, who Bryce will join us in the house in the Pirate Radio studios. Got that on the way. Pirate Radio Live rolls on after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Hey, Pirate Nation, Integrity Home Mortgage is here. If you're looking to purchase a home, contact Talbot Green, Braxton Green, and Joanne Weir today. The Integrity Home Mortgage team offers over 50 years of experience and is committed to providing you with the superior customer service you deserve before, during, and after your real estate transaction. To get started, contact Talbot Green, Braxton Green, or Joanne Weir. Integrity Home Mortgage, Pirates Supporting Pirates. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. <laughs> All right. Welcome back into the show. Bryce, a lot has changed since we last uh, had I you. I tell you. All right. It's so good to be back. Here is This is yours right here, your headphones. Yeah, I'm going to let you one? control it. So you can go up, down, side to side. I know what LRB does just really dim it down. Doesn't <laughs> he like it real quiet? He does. He's got some some of the best here in this side He's of the like a dog here. Yeah. He can probably, uh, the he probably heard that right there. <laughs> uh, we got all new computers in there. I thought the setup looked a little different. We got the though. monitors raised. So some of the stuff we're still fine-tuning. Fine-tuning. The uh, office across the hall is empty. Empty? Who was there? Straight up empty. Who I, was in that office? Uh, like Trey. Uh, Tra- what was his name? Trey? Trey Terrence. <laughs> I don't know. Trey. Tra- uh, yeah. Trey. No, tr- I, no Troy D. No Troy. No. No? Trey. Yeah. Man. What's the one that's uh, back up? Terry. Back up, Terry. Put it in reverse, Terry. <laughs> Put it in reverse, Terry. <laughs> That's the name I was thinking of was Terry, but Terry. I just couldn't. Oh, no. You know what else we don't got? What? Your music. Uh-oh. I, I saw the I lied on point. Baptized by the fire in your touch and the flame in your eyes. I'm born to love again. I'm a brand new man. We do have the music, so uh, once these new computers came in, everything Shirley had for our sound effects yeah. and stuff we play wiped out. She had to oh reload them all one by one by one Ooh. by one, and I guess she remembered How to load that How long did that, that take? Uh, about 30 seconds, because as soon as oh. you sat down as we were coming back from the uh, show, I realized, oh crap, I don't have... I don't have the crap one either, but oh, uh, I have... Uh, dang. Yeah, I didn't have dang or crap. <laughs> How do you get them back? Uh, we got just, them saved. Now she's just got to put them... I just got to put in them her back location. in the, yes. Yeah, like a keyboard, yeah, pretty like much. A, yeah, and so I while the music was playing, I stuck it in there so I could have it ready. Nice. Bryce, another thing to catch you up on is uh, our final standings for the bracket mm-hmm. challenge here at Pirate Radio. Where you finished uh, top five. Hey, top five. You'll take that. I'll, I'll take that. I think I finished seventh, eighth towards the bottom last year. Um, I tell you, learning experience. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I think with your help in the beginning, you know, you said, look, the water starts to settle. Don't do your upsets too late. So I think that was some big help. So thanks to Clip, I think, you know. I made top five this time. Uh, you had, if I'm giving out superlatives, individual awards, I'm going to say pick of the bracket pool was Bryce Williams, Princeton yes. over Arizona. You certainly won that award. Uh-huh. And you nearly won, along with Jenny, um, best team to ride to the final four. 
how about this bryce out of everybody that competed myself included who won the contest mm. you can see by several points <laughs> we only have one person have a team in the final four really jenny had miami wow you were one game away from having kansas state there dang if you'd have had kansas state there and if they'd have won and got to the championship you would have finished second wow that would have been right behind you because where i forgot where i had san diego state i had them kind of going far but i think i had yeah i don't know i don't i don't know you didn't throw away your brackets he threw it away sorry he probably put it in the shredder uh so yeah but you did have uh you had the hoosiers of indiana cutting down the nets i do remember that yeah they just like the movie terrible i'm just kidding (laughs) all right uh maybe i can see it here though where's bryce look at this i got a picture of slim 80 let's see what you got here uh indiana failed me hard that they did where is san diego state i thought i had them going fairly maybe i didn't you had utah state going farther than you Mm, should wow that was i was imagining some things then yeah uh you had san diego state losing in the second round <laughs> wow i was totally a delusional <laughs> yeah, so there you go wow uh bryce we missed you last week i know were you uh transporting boats back so and forth? we did not transport um any unfortunately but we saw some we liked uh thought we were gonna we thought we think we're getting this one but i think jay's gonna back out of it and sort of continue shopping around um i would say it was a pretty successful trip because he ended up making it putting an offer on a boat and they accepted it but i think he's kind of like nah let me just wait a second till i find something i love here's a, a dumb question for you so you went to florida right florida all the way down to florida via vehicle no so- we flew oh you okay yeah yeah we flew oh i thought you were delivering a boat we, you think, so yeah it kind of changed but i think the more jay thought about it trekking a you know 34 foot boat down 95 for about nine hours he was like i don't think i want to do that yeah okay all right so, well that um yeah. my question was going to be you know florida is uh what's the word i'm South. looking for <laughs> correct <laughs> it is beside the ocean it is uh coastal state yes, i guess yes uh as is north carolina mm-hmm. if you're delivering a boat and and i guess if you know for sure you're picking up a boat why yes. not go via water i know it would we could have at least drove it down there because the guy wanted the trailer you know because the, uh, the boat so okay. but if we were to find a boat that would have actually been really fun um to drive a boat all the way up the i think the icw runs that far but um that would been a fun trip that'd be I, interesting I, I, and would you have to stop like i wonder how long it would take you so the the boats typically jay um buys you know those big center consoles normally about 400 to 500 gallons um <clears throat> but depending on how you're running them I and they only get like 0.9 maybe one miles to the gallon right so you can cover 500 miles so depending weather and things like that you could get pretty close to home (laughs) without having to stop and get fuel i don't know it just sounds like a fun adventure oh it would be fun yeah Yeah. i definitely wouldn't have been back even on tuesday night we would have been made that a week all right so bryce ncaa championship last night you want to make it four for four people that didn't watch it in here because i went to sleep i for did know <laughs> he didn't know what was going no. on do you know who played in it i do know that um san diego state and yukon yeah connecticut cutting down the nets last yeah. night 
knocking off San Diego State, a dominant tournament for, tournament for them, Bryce. They mm. beat every team in the tournament they played by double digits. So wow. just didn't even have a close game. Man. Uh, really, really dominant effort. Mm. So now, next on the sports calendar, well, we got Pirate Baseball here in about 20 minutes. We'll flip that on. So college baseball, Major League Baseball got underway last Thursday. Mm. Um, Masters starts on Thursday. I'm excited for that. That'd be cool. NFL draft at the end of this month, mm. which I'm excited about because my buddy has a, a party, a get together, uh, a prop sheet like uh, this player will he go before or after pick five? Oh, yeah. So we do that. But also this year, you've already seen the Panthers move up to number one. Mm. Uh, so they're going to grab a quarterback. Where are the other quarterbacks going to go? I don't know if you've been following it, but Lamar Jackson requested a trade from the Ravens. Wow. So does he get traded mm. before or draft night? So wow. a lot of question marks going into uh, this draft, which I'm excited about. So next up on your sports – oh, by the way, we got ECU spring football on Saturday. Oh, man. So there's another one to add to your sports buffet. So I know you're looking forward to that, but is Masters, I guess, the next thing on your yeah, sports Yeah, I think list? Masters, um, as far as the professional part of it, is definitely uh, next in line. So that was always exciting to uh, watch, I guess, because it's such a immaculate course and <clears throat> obviously the history behind it and the whole green jacket deal. And I'm excited for that. That, that one's really one I watch out of – pretty much all of them I'm yeah watch some towards the end but the masters always seems to be the one that gets the most hype and a side story this year the pga tour now there's a, a competing tour the live tour mm-hmm. a lot of those guys will be in the masters yeah. uh including harold varner the third yeah. ecu alum so we'll be rooting for him uh but he is a part of the live tour that will be competing in the masters so you wonder if there's any i don't know bad blood or whatever right. going yeah, on with those guys so that's going to be going on. Harold, by the way, will tee off uh, in the 12 o'clock hour coming up on Thursday. Okay, if you want to good deal. Follow him. So, you got that going on uh, coming up this Thursday. Should be a lot of fun. And uh, we'll keep you up to date Thursday and Friday on Al Harold and everybody's doing on the Buccaneer Music Hall Leaderboard presented by Da Buck. Da Buck. Thank you, Chandler. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, spring football, Bryce. Um, uh, weather permitting what is the way we- i know yesterday I it's the rain yeah we were talking about bad weather in the area and right now i'm seeing saturday uh yikes looks like uh, a lot yeah, of rain 60s, all day right so 50s. yeah we'll see uh if they're able to get that in weather permitting baseball going on noon on saturday so it's mm. going to be a big day yeah with a lot going on might get wiped out but bryce uh the spring game itself uh, i remember um so I heard Donnie Kirkpatrick say that he is very pleased with the level of competition and the way the guys are out there competing because he said he remembered spring ball not being his funnest time of the year because the game is so long away. Yeah. So you're out there and you got to be really focused on I'm getting better for now, I'm getting better for this season because you're not really getting better for a game because you still got months and months to mm-hmm. go for that. But he made that comment last week he's excited about the competition level and the guys just trying to improve themselves improve as a team so how about you spring game wise uh and i guess it kind of changes the older you get too right mm-hmm. it's it's yeah. maybe more important the game when you're younger than when you get older right yeah i would think so um you know fortunately you know for me you know i was able to kind of you know it was established kind of where i sat you know as far as on the roster and it was really 
you know, obviously a team you want to get better, but, you know, you kind of are able to sort of focus more so on your personal play, you know, whatever, whether, whatever it may be, you know, just better route running for me, you know, working on blocking, just little technique things that, you know, you can um, improve on. So, yeah, I, I do definitely agree. Like, if you're not really getting better for a game, it's merely just, I would think, you know, personal growth. And, of course, team chemistry throughout the time because it does give you, I guess, was it three weeks, a month or yeah. so, 14 or 15 practices, you know, to, you know, get, you know, work with the new guys who, you know, come in and all the winter guys. And, um, you know, it's, a, you know, it's a definitely a fun time and not too terribly stressful, but definitely as a young, young guy, you know, it's def- it's a time to really show the coaches, you know, what you can do, how much you have improved, you know, from what you learned the past season. And then, you know, you uh, have they got guys gotten bigger, faster in winter. And then, you know, the rep, you know, because you get more reps when it comes to, uh, you know, spring ball for the most part, obviously. Um, you know, and it's a, t- and a chance to leave a good taste in the coach's mouth sort to prepare for, you know, fall camp and kind of have an idea of where, you know, you'll stand, in, you know, as far as the roster goes. We do have some ECU news. A couple of new coaches announced as uh, we've, we've heard about these, but they became official. So Mike Houston announced that uh, Darrell Roberts, Darrell Roberts, who we remember as a receiver from Virginia Tech, uh, is now on as an outside receivers coach. Aaron Allier, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but I do know who he is because he was a um, sports trivia regular during the summer when um, some of the coaches would come hang out when they didn't have football responsibilities. So I got to see a lot of him last summer at AJ's. Uh, But he has been a part of the staff for a while. I'll get officially what he's been up Mm. to. Um, He... His appointment extends an almost three-year term. He served as a graduate assistant from 20 to 22, Mm. most recently a senior offensive analyst at ECU beginning in February of 22. So he's uh, been involved in coaching since working as a scout, eventually led to a student assistant at Georgia uh, beginning in 16. Uh, So he's been around here a while. Roberts, who was a really good player, uh, I recall, Uh, has been in coaching for a while now. He's been at Virginia Tech, Western Illinois, Norfolk State, St. Joseph's College, uh, Earlham College, and uh, ASA Junior College as well. So he's been around a while, and he joins the staff. As We did have some late moves, Bryce, as far as the coaching staff goes, with um, our running backs coach going to Northwestern Mm -hmm. and then one of our offensive coaches moving to Maryland. Uh, very late in the game so you've got some late additions to add here some jockeying to go with that staff but uh, i think we're finally full now yeah well that's good it's obviously need to see an inside tight ends you know new coach coming in um obviously i favor that position fairly well so that'll be um you know cool to see how you know see how he does i was thinking about and why i clicked on this link before i saw that um I haven't heard much about the tight ends from Coach Houston this this spring. The only time I have heard is he and, and Coach Kirkpatrick and even Mason Garcia, when he talked about the top four early on, he said, you know, our top four guys, Jalen Johnson, Josiah Hatfield, um, he mentioned Kerry King, who I've heard a lot about at receiver, and Shane. He mentioned Shane Calhoun uh, as a top four, especially when you look at returning guys. Haven't heard much about the depth, and uh, next time we talk to Coach Houston and 
uh, get him in here or talk to him out there. We'll ask him about the tight ends. But right now, you do have a guy you can count on, obviously, in Shane Calhoun. Tyler Savage made a, tra- a position switch over to tight end. We talked about Max Launch, the German uh-huh. guy. Remember him? So that's, yeah, yeah. as of right now, those are the only three on the roster for ECU. You oh, wonder if okay. they'll bring another one in. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously running three, you know, you can do your 13 personnel with, you know, goal line positions and, you know, run, you know, 12 personnel, which it was always fun to have two tight ends in the game, you know, with create mismatches. Um, I'm definitely curious to see this guy. Max you know, Lunch. You know, that's pretty much where I was. If he, But he was a lot redshirt freshman. So, yeah, so... I'm gonna see if he's really six six. Might need to size him up, yeah, you know, a little bit. But uh, yeah, that uh, is cool. I mean, three tight ends will be good. You know, we you know have kind of your two main guys, and then a, you know a backup guy on the things. So, I mean, I think three is a good number. Uh, first uh, German I can recall on ECU's football yeah, team for real. I think we've had <clears throat> Australians and yep. That's about all I know. <laughs> uh, we have talked about the running backs a lot. That has been a position that has been really hyper-focused this preseason, and, and most of it coming from Mike Houston when he talks about who he likes back there. So Rajay Harris still kind of gearing up, healing up, mm-hmm. ready for getting ready for the fall. Yeah. Keaton Mitchell getting ready to hopefully hear his name called in the draft. Yeah. Uh, but you've got Marlon Gunn, who we liked last mm-hmm. year when he yeah. came in. Javius Bond continues to get his name said a lot. He's a true freshman. And I say this a lot, Bryce, but we saw Keaton Mitchell and Rajay play as true freshmen. We saw Marlon Gunn play as a true freshman. It would almost shock me at this point if we didn't see Bond right. play as a true freshman. So Mike Houston, not scared to to play those young guys if they're ready. And I think Bond might be the next good one at running yeah, back. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, all those guys you mentioned playing as true freshmen and you know, kind of looking if you look a little deeper into it, it's I would think, you know, as a idea showing how good like we recruit them. I mean, we're gotten guys, you know, who are ready to play D one football right out of the gate from high school. So um, I think that shows, you know, how well we are at, you know, picking talent. So that's exciting to know. And um yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy pops in the field a few plays um as a true freshman. And Bryce, that's a bit of a change. We went many years and, and I was I like Chris Harrison. He but mm-hmm. never really kind of broke out. We went years where we had a couple of good running backs that you played with mm-hmm. that were transfers in Coop and Breon. Yeah. And just could never, for whatever reason, seem to find the guy we recruited, kind of build up right. for four years. Yep. Well, that's kind of changed now. We've mm-hmm. seen uh, some, some good running backs come here, and they're starting to stack that room year after year, and that is a uh, very good change. Enjoyed it. Yeah, almost definitely. And with those guys, you know, coming in as freshmen, I mean, playing as a freshman, I mean, you know, I always talk about confidence and how important that is, you know, on the field. I mean, you're talking even a three-year running back and then up to your four-year, you know, your senior, you know, who's been playing since he was a little kid, you know, a little kid, since he was a freshman. Um, I mean, the game's just – it's just fun, you know, uh, second nature to him, you know, pretty much at that point. Bryce Williams joining us inside the Pirate Radio Studios. We'll take a timeout, come back, got more to go. We'll uh, take a break and have more with Bryce. I got a little game. It's more of music trivia like for y'all it. today. Yeah. So we'll run one of those. And uh, got to make you a winner. Pirate Radio Outdoors, still more to do and more to go when we return after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. East Plumbing, Viva Electric, and Rolling Black Heating and Cooling have teamed up to form New Blue Service Group, offering Eastern North Carolina the best in plumbing, electrical, and HVAC services. Same great local team, same great local service, just a new name. For plumbing, electrical, and HVAC services, go to callnewblue.com. That's callnublue.com. New Blue Service Group, where we are redefining service excellence. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live. Just flipped over to ESPNU. Coming up in a few minutes, it'll be ecu and nc state in baseball so we'll keep you up to date on that between uh in the next 30 minutes of our program shirley Rhodes, chandler honeycutt bryce williams here bryce we were talking about uh oh because i mentioned ES- ecu's on esp and you and i said was there any like extra chatter or did you know what channel you were playing on before a kickoff like was there any extra juice if you were on two or espn or whatever yeah we we were fairly aware of you know who we're when we're on you know big time stations obviously when you're on espn espn2 you're like oh heck yeah you know obviously just for the national um joke and national publicity uh you know so that was you know cool to be um you know when you know you're televised on a big you know big station so we kind of pay attention to it but not like overly crazy and then you went into uh maybe a coach roughism where you said the whole world's watching yeah oh yeah and uh started you so you said ruff was a pretty good hype man get you guys jazzed up yeah you know coach ruff loved you know his um acronyms and stuff and you know obviously his big thing you know was want some get some so that was great and then you know he said uh you know gam was one of his things grown i guess i guess i don't know grown grown a man grown a man yeah you know that and then not this wouldn't be during the game but some of them like abc avoid bad company you know i mean he was good yeah coach was good but when he said want some get some you know before the games that was uh pretty good and then show them how good you are things like that so he it was fun when uh he was doing his pregame speeches. Who else was in there, coach or player-wise, hyping up the locker room? Which you you seem like a pretty chill guy. Yeah, so, I was. But who who yeah. was hooting and hollering in there? Um, Zeke would you know Zeke? Eh, it's really also who comes to mind for the most part. You know, just kind of yeah, and like clapping and stuff like that. And for some reason, Zeke he must have obviously been the loudest because he's the one that uh, is sticking to me. I think. Well, on offense, you think about it, you got Hardy, who was a quiet guy, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hardy. Zay quiet. was pretty quiet too. Yeah, right? Zay could get you know a little, okay, not like crazy, but you know Zay could say you know would say some things, not like speeches, but you know just kind of. It's like you're almost talking to yourself, but you're not. Like you're talking to everybody, but you're not like trying to get everybody's attention. So you know, just things like that. Um, Shane was pretty quiet. Yeah. Um, so the defense was the it's loud. It's mainly the defense who's yeah. loud and obnoxious and thinks they <laughs> always make plays. This is the course they're not practice. I'm talking crap about them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but Zeke's definitely the one that is um, Zeke. coming to mind. There you go. How about Montes? Well, he talk at all. Tease was actually pretty quiet. Yeah. You know, a lot of guys had their headphones on and things like that. 
I was just kind of. So I met uh, Cornell Powell last week, receiver from Clemson, oh, yeah. um, and I met his family. His uh, and he and his uncle were out there. His uncle's a big pirate radio fan. Was like naming fifth quarter callers from eight years ago. Oh wow! I, Where's that guy at now? I was like, I don't Dang. know. But he was talking about how uh, Montice was an absolute freak. Talk, talking oh, about local gosh. kids. Yeah, yeah. Montice was something else. That's for sure. Fast, chiseled. I mean. Yeah, Teeks was something else. Athletic sure. Athlete. It's unreal. All right, Pirates uh, about to get underway, and it looks like our announcers are in other parts of the country. Yeah, what's the point of that? That's yeah, lame. Well, we're yeah, we got it. like a nice venue, like nice press box and everything, and they're up in their offices. Danny Graves, uh, one of those announcers, former pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Pirates going with the pinstripes. I like the pinstripes. I'm about to comment on that. That looks good. I got to say, Jacob Jenkins Coward does not look right without a mustache. <laughs> it doesn't even look like him. Not a fan. I'll tell him about that Monday mm-hmm. when we talk to him on the Players' Lounge. All right, let's um, – well, as we watch this game, we'll have a little fun with you guys. And uh, uh, Randolph, relax. Randolph says, Bryce, you done any hunting lately? We'll get to that. We'll get to that, Randolph. It's all a progression. Hold your ho- boom, boom. Hold your horses, Randolph. <laughs> boom, boom. Uh, we'll get to Pirate Radio Outdoors in a moment. Talk about what Bryce has been uh, hunting slash fishing slash otherwise. Anything. Um, so I've got some Billboard Top 100 charts pulled up, mm. and I'm gonna either give you, I'm gonna give you the year, and I'm either gonna give you the song or the. Uh, I'll give you the, I guess the song. And you got to tell me the artist. Okay, that thing's simple enough. Yeah, yeah. Right. All right, Shirley. We'll start. You want to go back, recent or middle? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm gonna go back with you. Back, 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 back. I'm gonna go 1987. <laughs> Number seven song that year, the end of the year, Billboard Top 100, was "Here I Go Again." white snake that is correct jeez i would have known that <laughs> chandler oh crap i just clicked one off should i start um a little more recent for you or no actually should i go back because you like going go back. back i want to i want to try to uh, get something here all right you want to go back all right you want to go 87 or do you want to go 95 87 87 he says dang Woo. all right chandler the that's easy it's way too easy how about number 15 in 1987 was a song called with or without you ah with or without you that is the song i need you to tell with me who's saying without you oh. keep singing i might get it. i can't, I can't live with or without you with oh i think i know it is you know a, the is band? It, is it a band? I think is I know. Is it U2? It is? Yes! Well done, sir. Oh, God, I'm glad I didn't say that. I thought it was Bon Jovi. <laughs> <laughs> that is U2. I could hear it. No. But, oh, gosh, give me something. Bryce, 95, 2003, 2016. I'm going to go... Um, or 87. I'm going to go 90... 95? 5. All right. Gosh, come on. All right, Bryce. The number I'm gonna go number two song. Mm. Man, they also had the number three song. They were hot mm. this year, mm. but the number two song that year was a song called Waterfalls. Oh, 
come on, Brian. Waterfalls. Could someone sing this for me? Don't go. You got it. Oh, waterfalls. <laughs> Dude, I never. Mm, I don't even know. Um, you don't know. No, it's three it's, females. It's not a. Uh, Destiny's nerve. No, no. It's, uh, it's, uh, three was, females. I was gonna say sisters of women, but it's boys of men. Uh, <laughs> sisters sisters of to women. women. <laughs> the female accompaniment. Accompaniment. Uh, man, I can I can hear. I can see them. No scores. We head to the bottom of the first. That inning. was a quick inning. It was. Um, Lisa left eye. Lopez. T. Boz. I'm gonna just throw a name. I'm gonna go. Uh, hold on let us do one more thing okay let's tell you the group members names oh god t boz mm. lisa left eye lopez and chili t boz lisa and chili <laughs> to boss chilea <laughs> tlc dang <laughs> tender love and care <laughs> to boss Tabashale. TLC, man. Tabashale. Yep. I tell you. Now, here they are. Tabashale. That sounds better. It's got a little more umph in it than TLC. Tabashale. All right. Shirley, I'm going to make it challenging for you and go 2016. Go for it. Because I think more recent could be tougher than, uh, you know, further back. Let's go with. All right. 2016. The number 14 song of the year was My House mm. by who? Flo Rider. That is correct. Hey. Welcome to, to my house. Well, no, because there's another song called My House that was an 80s song. So I my had to. House. No, my house. No, that was uh, in the middle of our street. That was our house. In or, the middle right? Of our house. Oh, it's, it no, is. No, no, no. There is another. Right. There's another song called My House. My okay, house. Yeah. No, Chan- but it was sung by a female. Moving along. Yes. Chandler. 1995. Kiss from a Rose. <laughs> Kiss from Great a song. Way. Can you please sing the song? Are you kidding me? No. Wait, wait, wait. Can Baby. I. Can I? Can I give a hint? Yeah. He was once married to Heidi Klum. That's not going to help him out. I thought you were going to say it's the name of an animal. It was also the theme song to a movie. Oh, Def Leppard. Batman Returns. Yes, Batman Returns. No. An animal you find in the water. Hmm. Is it a fish? Shark. A shark. <laughs> it is not a shark. And it is not a fish. Mm. Oh. Is it fresh or salt water? <laughs> Salt water. Walt, salt water. Salt water. Shirley, tell them who it is. Seal. Seal. Oh, I would have not what? gotten that. She said orcas eat them. <laughs> uh, I should have said You're right, Bryce. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right. Clapping your hands. Let's go 2008, Bryce. So you're in what, high school? I'm a freshman in high school. All right. So you, you kind of, you, you know what the popular music is, right? I think so. <laughs> is this like country or is this everybody? I don't see a lot of country. I'm about to say, that's what I'm getting. Let me see if I can find a country. Yeah, the one he's looking at is probably more your pop music. Yeah. yeah. See. Mm. But if I said like teardrops on my guitar, would you know what that is? <laughs> I've never uh, heard of that yeah. before. Yeah. yeah. You, who? Taylor Swift. Yeah. yeah it's Tay Tay. I've never heard of that there before. There we go. Taylor Swift. Teardrops on my guitar is a great song. Gosh, that was, high, that was prime high school. Chandler, how about 2008? Number 68. 
put on was blank featuring blank i put on for my yeah on, on on for for my, my, who is it on, oh on, man is it uh I put on for my city. On, on, it is on. that. Yeah. Got the lyrics. Not eight. I put on for my. Oh, it's uh, somebody real rugged, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, Little John. Featuring Little John. Another song he had, I remember, was I Love It. And I Love It. Uh, it is Young Jeezy. Oh, Young uh, Jeezy. Young Not Jeezy. Young, uh, not G-Easy, but Young E. Correct. Shirley's going to know all these, so now I just want to ask uh, Chandler. Go back to like 58 or something. <laughs> Wait, what? Top 100 1958? 1958. All right. Shirley, we're putting you to the test. <laughs> all right, go for it. <laughs> musical, uh, what's the word? Uh, what's um, Savant? Savant. I was thinking, uh, it's, it starts with an A, like Almanac. Is that right? Yeah, no. That'll musical work. Musical Almanac, is that right? Sure encyclopedia <laughs> there, there we go thanks same thing all right <laughs> enough <laughs> so i'll just i'll tell you okay shirley the number four song and i i don't know i guess this is the same song it was by david seville <laughs> ding 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 baby and it is a we got a home run josh Ooh. moreland goes yard we got a moylan bombski hey i want to say the chipmunks used to sing this song okay he's flicking off the daggum outfielder no uh, he's doing the, the love junker. baby all love no not that fan oh the yeah fan. the fan was probably flicking off people. yeah the fan was flicking off. sounds like ecu yeah. it's he stayed uh shirley yes two words performed by david seville that the uh chipmunks sang i think two words i saw the blank i saw the he told me what to do oh witch doctor i guess that's the same song david seville i believe is no 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 yeah the chipmunks did a version of it but there is a a pop version of witch doctor bryce uh not 1958 1958 what country star saying it's only make-believe Mm, who in the world's role the only ones i know back then would be that old would be hank williams no i'm gonna show you a picture who's that man right there oh it's conway conway twitty was the correct answer conway all right this game stunk I'll have I'll, 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 oh no come on try to stump the shirl yeah let's see if we can stump shirley all right 19 what genre is she not that good at is the question like 95 this will be in your wheelhouse right shirley but yeah, i'm 95 I'm, I'm i was one. uh i was in college all right do you remember who did here come the hot step uh yeah amani cut uh, oh god emma Kazi. i don't know how to pronounce his name <laughs> any kamozi kamozi yeah, close enough yeah, yeah. i couldn't remember how to pronounce it hey, we gotta do something to get her i really like this song number 25 from that year candy rain candy rain that mm. was soul for real i believe this is this is pretty impressive oh, that is Charles. um who did i guess i can look now what do you think she uh i mean i okay uh December. I don't know. I, know, I don't know I, how I know that, that song band. goes. Me either. Yeah. Oh, who's the? Yeah, I, I know how it goes. Uh, it's December. Long December. That is not that song. <laughs> oh, it's not. Because <laughs> that is Long December is uh, said, Counting it's Crows. December. That's dang Counting Crows. Well, you know, I'm done. <laughs> I can't get it. Well, dang. <laughs> <Anyway>. December. 
<laughs> but you're all right. That is a song. But uh, Shirley, who did I Wanna Be Down? Oh, I know that one. I know that song. I Wanna Be Down. Who's that? Brandy. That is Brandy. Okay, who sings I, I'm the Only One? Melissa Etheridge. Golly. Yeah. I had that album. She Dang. knows that one. Dang it. She knows Dear Mama. Dear Mama's Tupac. That's my favorite Tupac crazy. song. This is the rhythm of, of the, the night. night. Oh, now who did it? Who oh did it? God! We got her. Oh, we got her. oh, oh! Got her. Is the rhythm of the night? We got her. Thank goodness. Snap. She's toast. Snap. Nope. No, it's not snap. Nope. Although rhythm Bryce, of the night. Bryce has snapped open oh, a couple yeah. of these in his day. Yeah. yeah. Hmm? You drink them in the it's hot the weather. Of the night. Drink. It's not a beer. Uh, um. It is a beer. Mm-hmm. It's the name of a beer. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of it before. I think we I know stumped her, but I want to see if she gets it. Yeah. You put a lime in it. Corona. Corona. Oh, Corona. That's the name oh. of the group. Yeah. Rhythm of the Night. We stumped Shirley. We can Alloy. stop playing now. Pirates Damn, lead it fun. one nothing in the second inning on the Buccaneer Music Hall School Board presented by Dub Bucks. Dub Bucks. Solo Homer by Josh Moylan. Let's take a break. Let's make somebody a winner right now. Oh, whoops. Boom. Hey, which one of the pitchers talks to Booty, himself? booty, 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 booty everywhere. Bro. And booty, booty, MLB? Booty, booty, no, booty, didn't everywhere. he say one of the guys sort of talks to himself? Josh Gross. Oh, yeah. Josh Gross. He pitches on uh, Sundays. All right. Um, Shirley, what are we giving away today? I don't remember what I gave away yesterday. What did I give away AJ's. yesterday? AJ's. Okay, how about a $10 gift card to Familia? All right, that's what I'm heading uh, for tonight. I'm going to do a little Familia on a Tuesday. You can as well, if you are lucky, call our number. Six. Call our six, 317-1250. We're back with Pirate Radio Outdoors, and we'll keep you up to date on ECU. one nothing lead over State. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin, smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair? Are you interested in Botox or filler? Contact the licensed professionals at Beauty Bar Medispa on Red Banks Road in Greenville. Free consultations available by calling 752-1406 or visiting beautybarmedispa.com. Enjoy your visit. Love your transformation. And congratulations to Jennifer Basden of Winterville. Picked up a $10 gift card to Familia. Familia is your place for great Italian food, whether it's great New York-style pizzas, homemade meatballs, lasagna, chicken parm, or the delicious homemade desserts. Familia is a winning play every time. For dine-in or takeout, make Familia your go-to play when you have a hungry team. Familia on Fire Tower Road near Pitt Community College. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Cliff. All right, we got some folks, uh, Pirate Radio folks, covering Mike Houston's press conference following practice today. He says they will have a draft for the spring game coming up on Wednesday. So uh, they're going to draft teams, and we'll uh, have the results of that and talk about that when we get those results coming up on Wednesday. Always interesting to hear the song that is sampled 
a song using a sample before hearing the original song because i heard ghetto superstar years before i heard islands in the stream or and i heard um regulators years decades before i heard keep forgetting so it's always weird to hear the new song before the actual song i heard uh changes by tupac years before i heard bruce hornsby bruce hornsby so yeah uh there's one uh, as a matter of fact uh it became very popular due to stranger things but that uh, song running up that hill by kate bush um i actually heard a remake of that song it was a cover by a band called placebo and i actually thought it was their original song i had no idea it was an 80s song until it popped up on stranger things and i went i recognize that song almost uh rare to have a uh, original song these days everything's like repackaged yep. and mm-hmm. sampled and everything how many times um suspicious um suspicious minds how many people read oh, that I, out? yeah oh yeah, yeah. You know. or have sampled it in some way mm-hmm. yeah bryce let's go outdoors all right oh shoot wait bryce. oh oh hang on buddy <laughs> you mean <laughs> i got you figuratively <laughs> been outside okay figuratively uh so you uh randolph asked earlier you've been hunting you've been fishing what you've been up to lately well no hunting going on right now but in t minus wednesday thursday friday do you, i guess do you count the three days turkey season oh. so i uh, did some scouting um saturday good news that uh located a long beard so it's all, and there may be more than one on the on the on the land, but uh, you know, I was you know, all I was really going down there to do, to, you know, see because it's down kind of in a river river bottom deal, and so I didn't know if it was flooded or what the situation was. So I was kind of going down there, you know, to scout, but really to see how the lay of the land was, how how it was. It's been a year since I've been down there, and uh, sure enough, you know, saw four hens, a Jake, and a good Tom. So hopeful that. Um, probably go thursday evening and see if i can catch him here in the roost um fire gobble back to me so i obviously know where to locate him on saturday morning so hopefully get jay um on a bird saturday so i was able to do that so it was really good and then so like so this saturday this saturday turkey season. so what time you get going on an event like that um you want to be there in a well, you got to be easing up because you, I mean, if you know where they're roosting, you kind of want to be somewhat close, but like not too close because they'll just fly totally opposite of you. I like, you know, maybe like 100 yards is ideal, you know, to be set up or so and maybe get them to fly down your way. So, you I wanna, mean, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, but yeah, you want to get in there, you know, right at right before the sun's coming up, you know. Okay. Um, I mean, if you have a easy walk. You know, you can kind of get there when it's dark, dark, but we want to be able to kind of see a little bit. You don't want to use your light. You know, you don't want to use yeah. flashlights because that'll just blow the whole, blow the roost, um, is what they say. So we'll get there pretty early, but it's about a 30 minute drive to this place on the uh, Noose River. So, but I'm hopeful. So I was good. And then also, you know, kind of ramping up for, you know, putting food plots out for the fall. So my buddy who's got his mulching machine came and kind of re-churned up the lanes he cut to kind of make it more so like mulch and get down to the ground a little bit, get a good soil. And so I planted um, some clover actually today. So um, that way hopefully in the, it'll be popping up and that um, 
we'll have a good clover food plot in at least two of the lanes at the moment and then put some more out whenever the chicken litter gets spread hopefully this week so been touching pretty much all the bases in the woods so nothing on the nothing on the water yet besides the boat shopping i guess you could say that's actively going on right now all right we have a handgun question for bryce from eric by the way i missed your comment earlier eric that you had for chandler it said folding clothes then going to sleep at 7 p.m sounds like chandler is ready to move in with the golden girls or aunt <laughs> b You've been watching a lot of Golden Girls and Andy Griffith show, and now you're becoming one of them. Yeah, I guess so. I guess <laughs> I need to be a character in one of those shows now. Eric asked Bryce, uh, taking all factors into consideration, if you could only have one handgun caliber for the rest of your life, what are you going with? Probably mm, 40 or 9 millimeter for the uh, – accessibility of the ammo is pretty you know it's pretty common you know it's not i mean nines you're in your kind of i wouldn't say nine's a big caliber but kind of in your upper center fire calibers um nine's pretty readily available so but i think i may go 40 just to have a little more meat slinging all right lead slinging talk a little meat slinging here yeah. on the show so probably a 40 all right um is what i'm going and they don't really make those calibers in a revolver that enough so probably just my glock 27 there is your q a with bryce williams here on a tuesday let's take our final time out we'll come back you're ready to wrap it up as East Carolina has a one nothing lead, Carter Cunningham just laced a double down the right field line. He stands on second with two outs as they play in the bottom of the second inning. one nothing Pirates, Buccaneer Musical Scoreboard, presented by Dub Buck. We'll be back to wrap it up after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Taking a quick look at your stock market. The Dow was down 198 points at 33,402. The NASDAQ was down uh, 63 at 12,126, and the S&P was down 23 at an even 4,100. That is your Wells Fargo Advisors Financial Report for a personal look into investing. Call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back in to Clip. Thank you, Shirley. Uh, Chandler, the disrespect never ends for long snappers. Uh, your guy, Wilson Rayner. Umping. Hey, he's on TV right there. Wilson Rayner. I said, hey, Bryce, former ECU tight end. You uh, know who Wilson Rayner is? He said, nope. I don't Show know. some respect for former ECU long snappers, oh, yeah. Bryce. Hey. You ought to be. In fact, you, you're out of here. I'm out of here. You know what? I'm ready to leave. I'm going outside. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll wrap up the show then. Uh, Bryce, thanks for joining us, buddy. Yep. Thank y'all for having me. Have a good rest of your week. Yes, sir. Y'all and, as uh, well. Hopefully you see a turkey this weekend. Yep. I'm hoping. Shirley, Chandler, we'll see y'all 3 o'clock Wednesday for an all-new edition of Pirate Radio Live. Talk to y'all then. Jeff Charles, take us home. Have a great night, Eastern Carolina. 
Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.